we're breaking down the landing spots, the fantasy football impact of the players sitting right in front of your face. We're exiting the 2023 first round NFL draft coverage show where your boy Smitty went live for five and a half roughly hours, breaking down every single pick you see in front of you, one pick after the other. And now it is time, ladies and gentlemen, now it is time to break it all down from a different perspective. The fantasy football impact, the live mock draft, if you will, a live 2023 rookie only one man mock draft show where I tell you what I'm thinking going forward, my initial reaction to these guys. Fantasy football show, mock draft edition, rookie only reaction show to the 2023 first round of the NFL draft begins right now. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? We're here breaking down the 2023 first round uh, from a fantasy football perspective. And um, we got a lot to digest, to be honest with you. There's almost too much information to really get a handle on um, fantasy values like 100% without hesitation, without worrying about the impact of round two. Like there's so much that's going to happen tomorrow in round two that's going to impact the rankings we're about to drop right here, right? Because a guy like uh, um, Michael Mayer hasn't landed on a team yet. He could become one of the gems of this draft or he could fall into a, a cloudy situation, We've got Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet. Pop open a nice bottle of Charbonnet. Get Charbonnet. Uh, we don't know where Charbonnet is going to go. Could Charbonnet land in a location that makes him the number one running back in this entire rookie running back class? It could. Could it land him in a spot where he's the clear number three, far behind even Gibbs' confusing, semi-confusing landing spot? We have all of... The draft right here in front of your face. We'll break this down in a second. We'll look at it. And but first, let's take a look at this from a, a, a fantasy football mock draft perspective or rankings perspective, if you will. Who's the number one player coming out of this 2023 NFL draft from the first round? Or not the first round, just who who are the guys, if we're doing a rookie mock draft right now, that rank 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10? You know, assuming we... Make an educated guess on Charbonnet's landing spot again. This will all change once we have locations. But punch that thumb up button on your way in the door. Bijan Robinson is going to be my number one ranked running back or number one ranked rookie in a fantasy football rookie only perspective uh, context. Doesn't change. His landing spot was pretty, pretty solid. I, I don't think we could have really, aside from maybe landing in Philly. Or Chicago, in which those were arguable. I don't think we could have got a better landing spot for Bijan Robinson. Zay Flowers, who I'll get to in a minute. Zay Flowers and uh, and Bijan landed in the best spots in this NFL draft. Um, and I think if we were to maybe look at this from a only if only if perspective. It's literally one or two landing spots for Bijan would have been, in my mind, a little better Chicago and Philly. That's it. That's it. Past that, he was one of the top landing spot wishes that we had. 
Chicago, Philly, Cincy, Buffalo, Atlanta. Atlanta was on that list. We're very, very happy with that. So nothing changes for Bijan. He doesn't fall. The the guy that really potentially took a tumble, maybe initially, knee-jerk reaction style, was Jameer Gibbs going to the Detroit Lions at number, uh, what was it, number 12 overall. Trade All these trades went down. The Detroit Lions grabbed a hold of that 12 pick. Shockingly, shockingly took Gibbs at 12. And honestly, it's crazy when you think about it. It is absolutely crazy to think about the Detroit Lions not only trading up for an RB at 12, but drafting an RB at 12. It's it's really, really shocking. Um, and, and we're still digesting it, to be quite honest. Um, I'm looking at the draft tracker here. I'm just making sure... We didn't, uh, looks like we got a couple things. Why did, uh, why did Wright fall off here? Why did Wright fall off here? I don't know why he fell off. Let me put this back here. Let me see. I don't know why that came off here. Let's see here. Um, tackle, uh, right. There we go. Now we're back in business. There we go. Okay, we're back in business. So now we have everything as it should be. Jeez, um, I don't know. I don't know what is more crazy: JSN to twenty or Gibbs to twelve. Um, in in the live chat, drop what you feel is the most shocking and most likely to disappoint landing spot for these offensive players. I think looking at it, Addison's disappointing because I don't I don't like that he's not the the clear number one in his situation. Um, next up would be, you could say Gibbs. I guess Gibbs would be third, but it doesn't mean that Gibbs won't work out at the end of the day. We just need a couple things to happen. A little little piece of maneuvering needs to take place for Gibbs to drop off of our potential disappointment list. He's also on the potential buy low list because if you ask me, and you can kind of ask yourself. Are you drafting Gibbs higher today than you were uh, 24 hours ago? The answer is no. The answer is you are drafting Gibbs later. Everybody else is drafting Gibbs later. Even if your answer is yes, I love Gibbs in Detroit. Fine, fine. Look at it from a different perspective, Bob. Step back and ask yourself, is the average person saying to themselves, yeah, baby, I'm drafting him higher? The answer is no. The answer is no. He's falling at least around in ADP, he's going around five instead of around four. If he was going at 5.2, he's now going at 5.12 or 6.1. He's definitely dropping because of this landing spot initially, not necessarily long term, but there are three RBs now in that running back room. And even though the draft capital screams we're using Gibbs, even though the reaction inside the draft room screams we're using Gibbs, it's still a concerning piece of the equation to know that this team has multiple running backs, one guy named DeAndre Swift who's ultra-talented that they don't believe in and they don't want there, another guy, Monty, they just brought in to be the workhorse between the tackles guy. That's not going away. He's absolutely going to continue to be the workhorse. Hob G's dropping the $20 hauler on screen. Hob G's, let me just say this, man, about you, pal. Dropping another wad. You were on Navy. You've been dropping wads today and yesterday and the day before, and I appreciate every single thing you guys do. Um, got a little bit of flake of that money on my shoulder there. Uh, appreciate you all dropping in the super chats. I think we had another one earlier. Let me go and find it. Um, or maybe it was somebody joining the YouTube exclusive membership. I appreciate that. 
Let's head back over to the board real quick and to say, okay, so we got Bijan number one. Gibbs was disappointing, but is he is he going to fall much? Probably not. Charbonnet going to fall? Not yet because I still really believe he falls into a, a decent location. Let's go. I'm going Charbonnet number two right now. And that's on some spec that Charbonnet is going to find himself a nice home tomorrow. This is, believe me when I say this, my top 10 ranking overall will not be the same after the second round's over. We'll come back tomorrow night after the second round and redo this. And redo, we're going to redo this. And it's going to be a little different because Charbonnet's going to have a home. And we're going to know what's up with him. Uh, Mayer's going to have a home. We're going to have a whole lot of different stuff going on. I don't know that it changes too much because there's only a couple guys that didn't go... Hyatt could get into the mix here. Hyatt could be a top 10 pick in a dynasty rookie-only draft, assuming he lands, let, let's say, in an amazing spot. Um, Yeah, if Charbonnet goes to the Bears, we'll have a competition for who's the number one overall player in this rookie-only mock draft. I honestly believe that if Charbonnet goes somewhere amazing, we're going to have a, an injection of excitement that we haven't seen in a long time. And, and while everybody's so quick to jump on the Bijan train, and as they should, because Bijan's an absolute monster. Hi, my name is Bijan Robinson. I like long walks on the beach. And, well, I also like scoring touchdowns. Wow, we're all so quick to put this guy number one. Sandu says, stop it. Just stop it. Bijan's the clear number one. Sandu, take a look. Sandu, no one said that he's not going to be the number one. I'm saying there's going to be some people, and it's natural, Sandu, to have people get excited about a new developing situation. Listen to the words coming out of my mouth, Sandu, instead of jumping to conclusions. There's going to be a little debate amongst the fantasy community. All I'm telling you are facts. If he falls into a Chicago situation, there will be people that emerge all over that say, I like Charbonnet's the number one. People do that, Sandu. Doesn't mean that's my ranking. Look at my ranking. It's right in front of your face, bro. It's right in front of your face. Did I say Bijan's not my number one? No, Sandu. Back to the point, Sandu. Charbonnet's my clear number two overall player at this moment in time. Why JSN didn't land in a great spot? Why Addison didn't land in a great spot? Sandu, don't apologize for being you, pal. Okay? You are one of one, and we love and appreciate having you here, Sandu. So, appreciate you. Um, it's either going to be Gibbs... Or Zay. But I probably will say. I got to decide between Gibbs and Zay. I'm probably going to go Zay for now. Just because of the un the uncertainty surrounding Gibbs' situation. Which we do hope works itself out very quickly. With maybe a swift trade. I'll get to that in a second. I'll get to the Jameer Gibbs um, value in a second, but right now Jameer Gibbs is four. 
And that's a, a that's a little bit of a shift if you you know remember back. Gibbs was Gibbs was the clear two three, but really lean two before the draft. Now he's four. Look what the NFL draft can do to you. Look what the NFL draft can do to you when you land in a semi-cloudy situation. Jordan Addison is in a great spot, in my opinion. I don't think so, bro. I think he's in an okay spot for sure. A decent spot. Yeah, sure. But he's not in a great spot. He's He can't be any better than the number two wide receiver in his role. He can't be a number one fantasy football wide receiver, whereas Addison kind of had that option. He kind of had that upside. Now he doesn't, bro. Now he doesn't. Now he's a good pick. He, he's got to try his best to be a T. Higgins in his very best light. The very most he can become is a T. Higgins, which is good. That's good. Not great, but it's good. It doesn't mean that he's going to become a wide receiver one in fantasy, which he had the potential to be. That's why you got to be disappointed in this landing spot. At least I am because he doesn't. he's capped. He's got a capped ceiling now. Um, doesn't mean he won't be good. He just got a capped ceiling. I I just don't see Addison ever becoming what we once thought he had the potential to become. Unless, let's say, something happens and he moves on and uh, develops into to become like a T. Higgins type role and then moves on to a new location after that. But there's no way I can draft Addison as anything more than a wide receiver three in his best light. He can't, in my opinion, be a wide receiver two in fantasy in Minnesota. I just don't see it happening. But that's me. That's me. Give me give me Gibbs over that situation. JSN's in a similar, like, disappointing, yet there's still upside location. Um, DK Metcalf hasn't quite got a kung fu grip on the number one role there. So you could almost say... JSN out of the remaining wide receiver. So you've got Quentin Johnston in probably a better situation than really anybody. Like Quentin Johnston's in a better situation than Zay Flowers because Quentin Johnston's getting potentially hand long term, getting handed Justin Herbert. Zay's getting handed an immediate role. So you kind of got a waiver between who's got a better spot for 2023 only Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston, Zay. Zay's going right into a starting role. He's going to get all the targets. He's going to beat out everybody right away. But long term, maybe Quentin Johnson's situation could be better. But Zay Flowers is still better talent-wise. So give me Zay. Give me Zay. Quentin Johnston. I still can't rank him even though he's in the better long-term spot. Than JSN for now, for now that could change with DK disappointing, DK getting injured, whatever the case may be. I still think I rank JSN ahead. This is hard. JSN ahead, yeah, of Quentin Johnson. We're gonna put JSN right here. We're gonna put uh, Quentin Johnson right here. We're going to put Jordan Addison right here. Another rookie running back could enter this equation. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Mayor, we'll see where May- Mayor's the guy. He could climb above Kincaid. We'll put Mayor and Kincaid right here as we contemplate putting them in here in the mix. 
Uh, I'll say give me Bryce Young all day long over all these other quarterbacks. Um, I, I love Bryce Young's landing spot. I don't know that I'm going to put him here yet. Let me just take a gander. It depends. We're talking one QB right now, obviously, or we'd have QBs higher. But I would say, you know what? I'm going to put, yeah, I'm going to put Bryce Young right here. Put Bryce Young right here. Uh, Anthony Richardson's tough. It's a good spot. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do this little number. I'm gonna do a little little cheat code and put uh, and put both tight ends, put both tight ends right here tied for the ninth spot. Just because I I love both of them a lot. And I don't want to leave Anthony Richardson out. I'm gonna put Anthony Richardson right here. Um, I don't know how I feel about Stroud long term. Stroud is kind of like a, a a notch below Anthony Richardson, but still kind of in the equation for the. 11 12 overall spot uh and hooker i have higher than levis we'll see where he lands but we'll leave these two over here because their landing spots are key this is kind of how i rank have i missed anybody am i just you know spitballing this and i don't realize that i've completely left somebody off of my rankings let me see here i probably completely botched this jsn jordan addison flowers quentin johnson no kincaid mayer um, Josh Downs could enter. Hyatt could enter this situation, as I mentioned earlier. Sean Tucker, depending on his health. No, I think we're good. I think I, I, I didn't drop the ball and leave someone off. This is my ranking. Your ranking might be different. This is my ranking. Bijan Charbonnet, depending on tomorrow. Uh, Zay Flowers is my number three overall player. Jameer Gibbs, four, but he could climb into the three spot very easily if uh, DeAndre Swift trade happens. But we kind of need that, in my opinion, before I start moving Gibbs up back up to three. But he's certainly got the potential. And Gibbs is going to fall in ADP value. People are going to be a little petrified, Peter, of this situation. Uh, JSN, sneaky good in Seattle because we just don't... I don't get the vibe that DK's got a kung fu grip. He's got a decent grip on the wide receiver one rule. But JSN's kind of more talented than him. You know, in a lot of ways, DK's dominant in his areas of the game that he's dominant in, and he'll probably continue to be that good. But JSN has the potential, he does, to become the number one wide receiver in the Seattle Seahawks offense. So you got to give him the road here. Quentin Johnson, I like his situation a lot, but he's raw, and I don't know how I feel yet. We don't know how healthy uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams will be all year. Addison, again, he's the wide receiver too. In an offense that we don't know what the offense looks like two, three years from now, there's talk about Cousins moving on or them moving on from Cousins, you know, within one year. There, there was talk about trading him during the draft, which is all smoke, but we don't know what the offense looks like. They might even extend him and bring him. We don't know. Um, Bryce Young, I love at eight. I could even put him seven if I needed a quarterback very badly. Kincaid and Mayer, love them both right now. Kincaid's got the landing spot on Buffalo. Mayer should climb. Uh, and, and and these two quarterbacks right here, give me Anthony Richardson all day right now in fantasy. Stroud could become a very good NFL quarterback, but Anthony Richardson's running ability, um, I really love the landing spot. I think Indianapolis fans, bet they better get excited because this, this is a ticket-selling machine. This is a, a lot of jerseys are going to be sold. This is my early look. At the, R- at the Arby's wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks from a rookie mock draft perspective. <sighs> yeah, it's been quite a day. It's been quite a day. Uh, we got 149 of you in here right now. Appreciate you. Hit the thumb up button on the way in the door. Hob G dropping the super chat here. Disappointed. He, re- he said, disappointed the Giants didn't get Addison. I agree with you. That would have been a fantastic location. 
Hopkins may still be on the way, bro. Banks is good, a good pick, dumbfounded by the Gibbs pick. I think we all are dumbfounded by it. Not that it can't work out, but it definitely did not. It sound it was crazy when the when the Gibbs trade happened or trade the Gibbs the Gibbs uh, draft selection happened here at twelve. We were all shocked. We were all shocked. Not that he's not good enough for that draft selection, but the draft capital cost mixed with the fact that it's already a crowded running back room mixed with the reaction they had when they just signed Monty. They bring in Gibbs and they're like, you know, celebrating as if they they didn't have an RB and they drafted him. It was crazy to me and I'm still digesting it. I don't know how I feel about it. I think it could be good, but it doesn't, it just feels shocking. We're all shocked. Can you go deeper into Dynasty thoughts on the Seahawks wide receiver room? I kind of already did on that, um, probably after you messaged that. But yeah, in a nutshell, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, JSN's got more talent. DK Metcalf never really felt like an elite wide receiver one, but because of his situation, could have been there, could have danced around that territory. But if anybody's going to overtake him, from this draft class, it would probably be JSN, the route runner, the 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 pristine route runner, the guy that has the guy that dropped one of the best college seasons in the history of college football while Alave and Garrett Wilson were on the roster in the lineup next to him. When he was a rookie, he played alongside of Alave and Garrett Wilson in the same lineup on the same team during the same season as a rookie, and he outperformed both of them. So if anybody could go out there and, and totally take the job from DK, it is JSN. So Quentin Johnson landed there? I don't think so. Addison landed there? It would have been a little bit more of a I don't know what to think of it situation. Not that Addison couldn't earned it. I like Addison. But JSN, I think JSN's the most likely person to take that job. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you, Dawson. Thank you, Rockout. Rockout says hardest. Smitty to the moon, hardest working man out there. Appreciate you, Rock Out, with all your support. Uh, young in the building, Bijan and Gibbs landing spots are ideal. Um, Bijan's for sure great landing spot. We'll find out on Gibbs. I, I do feel like Gibbs is going to turn out to be good. Lions are a good team. This is a good. This is a good situation potentially for Gibbs long term. It's just confusing. It's confusing, bro. Uh, dial in. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. So that is my uh, take on this. Let me move these out of the way so I can have a little room for my face. Not that you need to see it, but it might make the show a little um, confusing if you can't see who's hosting it. Uh, hit that thumb, bu- hum- thumb up button on the way in the door, guys. Appreciate you. Let me move all these guys over too so I have a little bit more real estate to work with. Um, putting Stroud there down below him for a reason. That's just my perspective. I know everybody's going to have their own take and some people love Stroud and as you should, he's got a lot of talent. Me liking someone over Stroud doesn't mean I don't like Stroud. Me liking Addison 7 instead of 4 doesn't mean I don't like Addison. I just don't particularly like his situation. These are these are the picks. The this is my early mock draft. This is my early top 12, top 11, yeah, top 12 is 12 guys. My top 12 ranking Coming out of round one. Coming out of round one. Um, what's going to happen in this next round? We we talked about it already. And I told you guys some of my predictions and, and what I hope to happen. 
let me put this on screen so everybody can see it. So here is the second round. Pittsburgh probably going Porter at 32. Houston Texans would be very smart to go Hyatt at 33 and come away with one of the best drafts in this entire 2023 because they would have the wide receiver on lock that they should have maybe thought about getting at 12, but then they decided to move and they did a very amazing move going up and getting uh, the best defensive player in the entire draft and Anderson at number three. So they take Stroud at two. They trade up from the 12 pick to three. They get Anderson. Phenomenal move, but it left them a little bit, uh, t- left a little bit to be desired in the Stroud to who department. And so if they go ahead and rectify this in crafty fashion, they look like absolute geniuses if they draft a Hyatt right here at 33 overall. Cardinals could take Charbonnet at 34. Wouldn't shock me in the slightest. And that would be a phenomenal move by the Arizona Cardinals who could have got Bijan, didn't take him. And they trade down. They make some really good moves. And they draft an offensive line piece, which is phenomenal for Kyler in the situation there in Arizona. And if they come back and get Charbonnet at 34, I'm going to be to the moon on that being I'm in Arizona and a Cardinal fan. The Rams, who knows what the Rams do at that point, 36. Maybe they take a quarterback. Maybe they start preparing for no Stafford in a year from now. So maybe the staff, the the, the, the Stafford project comes to a close next year and they got Hendon Hooker waiting because that's a quarterback that can sit and wait. Maybe they take Levis there. Uh, Colts, what I, I didn't I didn't mention the Colts yet. Oh man, they got Jelani Woods, but I'd take Mayer. I'd take Mayer, or I would take Hyatt. So the Colts would be smart to take Hyatt. They'd be smart to take Mayer. Those would be two phenomenal selections. Either one for the Indianapolis Colts. Seattle, be very very intrigued if Seattle went Mayer. That would be a phenomenal move especially given that you've got the wide receiver room on lock. They could certainly go defense or some other piece. I mean, that Seattle's really done a good job. The Raiders, Levis or Hooker. The Carolina Panthers, Hyatt, if he's there, that would be phenomenal to give Bryce Young another player. Uh, Charbonnet, I would go Charbonnet if I was Carolina. Um, but that's me. I know Sanders is there and people would be upset about that. The Saints, they still could look, you know, Mayer probably won't be there, but they would, they would certainly look at it there. They almost, I, we almost thought they, the Saints would go tight end at 40. Tennessee would be absolutely bonkers if Hooker or um, Levis is there. They don't take that player there. Tennessee would be absolutely off the rocker. Green Bay might go wide receiver in the second round. It feels a very Green Bay-like to avoid it when the value's huge and then come in and grab another player that... They could become something, but is not guaranteed to become something. If Hyatt was still there, that would be a great pick by the Packers. Of course, Mayer would be good there. Also, the 6'7 tight end, known as Darnell Washington, would be phenomenal there. You got Laporta, you got Musgrave. There's a lot of other options there as well. Uh, the Jets, um, if one of those tight ends is there. Like I, I could see a 6'7 Darnell Washington still being there. I don't think Mayer will be there. The, New York, or the Atlanta Falcons... If, if Hennon Hooker or Levis are still on the board, that would be an amazing safety net selection for the, the Falcons. That would be phenomenal. The Packers pick again at 45. Wouldn't that be crazy if the Packers got Hyatt and Darnell Washington at that 42 and 45 uh, very closely um, uh, sitting draft selections? That would be great. Uh, if let's say Hennon Hooker's there at 46 for New England, that would be great. Washington Hennon Hooker would be great. Detroit Lions 
Why not take a running back, Detroit? <laughs> Wouldn't you shock us, would it? Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, on that note, Ron, since Ron's on the line, you've got the 49 pick and the 32 overall pick. We know you want Porter at 32. What are you eyeballing at 49 if you could put it in this little amount of sentences as possible because I know you, you love the Steelers. You could talk all day long on it. Give me your short cliff note version. 49 overall, 32 overall, go. 32 overall, they could go. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, you know, Pittsburgh Royalty and Joey Porter Jr. Uh, or they could go with, um, who's it, Hutch, Hatch, Hatchet? Either one of those CBs they could go with. Um, I'm thinking Porter. And then I think maybe they turned... I wouldn't be surprised if they took another tight end in the in their later pick with the with the with the um, the 49th, or maybe they trade back and pick up more picks. But um, or they might go on an edge player. They could use an edge player to go with uh, TJ Watt. So that's where I'm that's where I'm looking. Yeah, Steelers. I mean that's great. Uh, the 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 Packers having the two really close draft selections. The Cardinals having this thirty four. They traded back up and they would have had two really high second round picks. Um, it's crazy when you play the hindsight game. You know, you look at like what the Cardinals did. Got an offensive lineman that's great, but like you could have potentially. You know, it's interesting to look at it. There's so much talent still left that felt like it wouldn't have been. And yeah, I want to move up and make this draft selection. And I, I don't think they made a mistake. They did a really good job. The Cardinals tampered, lost a draft pick, started off the draft behind the eight ball. And then they went in and made some moves, traded back, got a first rounder, traded back up, kept that first rounder. Um, who knows if they've got to surrender it in, in a tampering violation. I don't know what happens on that. I still got to look into that. I was live when it happened, so I didn't get a chance to really dig into it. But the Cardinals tampered with the Eagles and talked too early to uh, Gannon when they were, you know, wanting to bring him over as head coach for the, of the Arizona Cardinals. And they, they agreed, agreed on a settlement trade in compensation for that tampering. And yet the Miami Dolphins lose their first round pick. I don't know if it has something to do with self-reporting. I'll dig into it and find out the, the reasoning for that. But very weird. And I don't know that it's all done and over yet. So we'll have to dig into that. But the Cardinals... Have the 34 overall pick. I really hope they consider Charbonnet there. Looking at these landing spots, Houston for Charbonnet would be okay as well, but I think they do look at Hyatt or a wide receiver there because I think they wanted to do that at 12, but they moved up and made an amazing pick, grabbing uh, Anderson, literally arguably the best pick in the entire draft. So to get Stroud and Anderson, they couldn't pass that up. But again, a lot to be desired in the wide receiver room for Stroud. So 30. Three overall, the second pick after you guys take Porter, they guaranteed get Hyatt, and so that's a that's a fantastic move for them if they do that. So looking at the rest of the draft, Rams at thirty six, Colts above them, those aren't spots for Charbonnet. Seattle, no Charbonnet. Vegas, they're not going to draft Charbonnet there. Carolina probably won't because of Miles Sanders, but they could. The Saints maybe. The Saints maybe because of Camara. Titans, if they trade Derrick Henry or plan to trade Derrick Henry, they could draft Charbonnet. Green Bay won't. New York Jets won't. Falcons won't. They got Bijan. Packers, again, probably won't. Patriots could at 46 because Bill's weird and could just look to piss us off. The Washington Commanders could take him. The Detroit Lions, we joked about it, but they won't. They won't. Steelers won't. Like, Tampa Bay, 
I mean, Miami Dolphins at 51. If Charbonnet fell to 51, which is certainly possible, even though we want to pretend like it's crazy, we live in a different world than everybody else. And it wouldn't shock me if, let's say, Bigsby went somewhere in the 35 to 44 and Charbonnet stayed on the board. That stuff's happened before where we all scratch our heads. Oh, here's a Cardinals update from Schefter right after I reported it. Oh, it's just, it's on the Cardinals, but it's on. Uh, it's on the Hopkins. Hopkins at any, let's see, Cardinals agent, manager, Monty, uh, I'm sorry, general manager, Monty Austinfort said that he doesn't expect to trade DeAndre Hopkins at any point during this week's draft. That was what we talked about earlier, but more, more confirmation on that. I kind of feel like that could be trying to trigger a team that's been playing hardball to act like, you know how you, you, you're, you're negotiating a trade in fantasy with somebody and they, they're pushing your their luck with you and they're they're not giving in and you just say, forget it, I'm not trading anymore. I'm closing the door on trading. But like down deep, you're hoping they just come back and say, fine, I'll do that deal you wanted to do. Like that could be what's going on. But I, I don't know. I, I think the Cardinals are not going to give them away. And I think a lot of teams are trying to steal them. And, you know, they could wait until the middle of the the season to trade them if they wanted to. They don't have to. They don't have to trade them right now. Uh, it looks like uh, Ian Rappaport also reported that, uh, let's see here, there's another thing on Will Levis here. Hold on one second. Will Levis, who was considered to be a top consideration for a top four pick. Um, oh, it looks like they're just recapping this. Wow, it's so crazy. Will Levis is still sitting out there. What smoke just evidence that smoke season is always going to be in full effect. Always, always, always in full effect. Walking into an NFL draft. Money lines moving. Some people saying, I remember last night someone called in and said, they're hearing he's going number one. Like, it's, cra- <laughs> it's crazy, man. Uh, Sir Isaac, what are your thoughts on Michael Wilson, uh, wide receiver, uh, depends on landing spot for any wide receiver that is not a big time commodity because draft capital determines the likelihood of the player making the roster if they get drafted. Um, the likelihood of any unknown or very unknown wide receiver getting a chance to ever get playing time when you it's, it's sad, but the, the truth of the matter is if you are a low draft capital player, there's a very much less chance that you're going to ever get in a position to start. Or, or a position to where the team's not going to just move on from you. If you're a high draft capital player, you might even stay in the lineup while you're sucking because they're just trying to hope that they get the value out of you. So it's a crazy game of where were you drafted. You know, after round like two, maybe round three, it's where were you drafted. You know, if you get drafted in round three, you can beat out a guy getting drafted in round two. You know, if you're a first round pick, there's a high expectation for you. You're going to get the benefit of the doubt until you completely, you know, blow your chance royally but i mean everything's case by case every team's a little different too you know the niners always draft pretty well late and give those guys shots other teams you know if you have low draft capital they just don't buy into it until you take you know the balls uh you know you 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 put your balls on the table and you go and you know grab the job from somebody and take control of your destiny um glad we didn't take levis he's weird says main I don't know who your team is, bro. I'm not sure what you mean. Um, 
crazy, man. What what a what a great day though. It was a fun live stream. We had over about over five hundred people in the live stream for a long period of time, almost the entire draft during the big chunk of it. We had over four or five hundred, four fifty to five hundred people in the in the live stream at any one time. Uh, that's that's an awesome show. We've got one hundred fifty people in here right now. Hit the thumb up button, subscribe if you're new. And Hooker should have been drafted before Levis. Should be drafted before Levis. I agree, Matt. I don't know that that will be the case. But I agree with you. I like Hen and Hooker a lot. And especially at this stage in the game, you know, these teams that are going to take them, a lot of them don't necessarily need either one right now where they could probably go. So I'm going to take the guy that just let him heal up a little bit and he's probably a better prospect. There's a reason Levis fell. You know, players don't always fold because they're bad, but there's always usually a reason why someone falls. No one believes Levis is ready, and I, I agree. But someone's going to take a chance on him, and, and I'm not saying he's a bust. I think Levis still could prove that he's a good quarterback potentially down the road, but I, I don't think he was ready right now in this whole smoke screen of him being the number two or number three. That was just, I, I don't even know where it was coming from. It'd be so fun. To hear where these, you know, reports stem from. Was it all just a beat writer that started writing about it and it wasn't team generated? Or did the Houston Texans try and float some things out there to try and get, you know, Bryce Young to fall? Were the Carolina Panthers trying to pretend they were interested in Stroud to see if maybe Houston wanted Stroud and then they could gain some draft capital by trading down and taking Young anyway. Like, all that stuff's in play. We have no clue. We never will know fully what these teams are thinking. It's smoke season. There's 50 people in a room thinking stuff up for a reason because they're trying to gain every little advantage and edge they can. And that smoke screen of Levis at number two was in full effect. Just full effect. To what advantage, I don't know. Um... What else? You, what else? Are your thoughts, guys? The phone lines open, bottom of the screen. What else, What other thoughts do you have, Ron? Well, I I'm sorry to do this to you. I got to push back on Addison. Um, you can push reality, back all you want. Well, in reality, okay, you say Cousins. You don't think he can give two guys equal thing? But when when it was Diggs and Thielen, they both ended up with over a thousand yard seasons and nine touchdowns apiece. And then when it came J.J. and Thielen in just 2021, um, you know, Thielen, did, Thielen had like 800 yards or something like that, but they both had 10 touchdowns. So, I mean, 10 touchdowns per uh, – he, he, he can obviously do it. He's done it. So, I, don't, I think Addison will work out there. I don't think that he has a problem. I think um, Minnesota Cousins throws the ball enough. And there's enough ball to go around for both um, JJ and Addison. But Ron, the I one that's going to suffer will be we KJ. But I don't think you're you're hearing what I'm saying though, because I know your your natural reactions is to go straight on on Cousins, no matter what I'm saying about Cousins. Like you just accept the fact that I don't view Cousins. Back. Hold on, hold on. Accept the fact that I don't view Cousins the way you view them, and that's fine. I I appreciate your perspective on it, but never once did I it's say George. Ron. It's not a perspective. It's a fact. Ron, Ron, it's, stop. It's Ron, we're going to have different Ron, we're going to have different opinions on cousins. I understand that. Okay, so like just, it's, it's fine. I'm not mad at your perspective. I'm not mad at your perspective that. on cousins. I'm not. But like I'm going to have my take on them 
and it's not going to change. But but what you're what you're not hearing here is that I don't dislike Addison. My whole thing, all you heard was Addison's going to bust. Addison's going to bust because you're so hell bent no, on I my on changing my that. opinion on Cousins. But at the end of the day, I just said Addison can't be a number one wide receiver on his team because JJ's sitting in front of him, so that's going to cap his upside. That's all I'm saying. That's but, not me saying Addison's going to bust. No, you never said Addison's going to bust, but you did say you don't think that Cousins can feed both of them the ball and Addison's going to, um, his cap is going to be, he's going to be capped, which right. I don't believe so because it didn't happen with Thielen and Diggs and it didn't happen with Thielen and JJ. Thielen's older now, so Addison's trying to come into the Thielen role and do the same thing. No, Cousins can feed but Ron, I'm not saying both. he can't come in. That's why I'm saying I don't understand where you're coming from on this because I've never once said Addison won't still be solid. I never said once Addison's not going to be a great wide receiver three or very yeah, good you, wide receiver three. I said him. he can't become. You compared uh, him to Higgins. You compared him to Higgins. Fairly, fairly enough. You said Burrow is better with Higgins than Cousins will be with Addison, and 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 the facts are that facts. Higgins hasn't the, the most the most touchdowns that Higgins has scored is seven, and the other two years he scored six. And and he had just over he's been hurt a lot too. So, uh, look, Ron, Ron, I I get what you're Ron, I get what you're saying. I just I just one hundred percent disagree. I just one hundred percent disagree that Higgins that that Addison's going to become as good of a player as Higgins could become if Higgins plays a full season per start. Whatever you want to, however you want to put it or put it out there, I see Higgins is better. Not by a ton, not by a landslide, but I'm going to have my opinion that Higgins ranks above Addison and always remains there if they both remain in their locations. There's nothing wrong with that perspective. As if as there's nothing wrong with your perspective, if you like Cousins, but Ron, you say things like Cousins is as good as Burrow or he could do the same thing. Like you come in and you're just wanting to defend Cousins so bad, you're going off the edge on it. Like it's okay no, if you not. like it's I'm okay not. if you like it's okay if you like Look Addison more than Higgins. I'm fine with that, but I'm not going to change my mind because you think it. You know <laughs> All what I you mean? Like, do is look at the I don't need Ron. Do I don't need look. to look at the statistics. I'm predicting. I don't need to look at anything. I'm telling you, move forward. Higgins above Addison in my book, and it's not going to change. It doesn't matter what. You 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 see or how you see it. I I appreciate how you see it, but you don't appreciate how I see it because you're telling me the facts are saying I'm wrong. This is fantasy football, and and C- Cousins is not better than Burrow. That part I'm not going to allow on my show. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy talk. If you want to say Addison outscores Higgins, I get it, bro, and I could get behind that. I'm not gonna. That's not what I think. But I can I cannot sit here and listen to Joe Burrow's not as good as Kirk Cousins moving forward. Come on. I didn't say that Cousins is better than Burrow, but Cousins is comparable to Burrow. You you pushed the envelope on that. You have. We were, when we we're well, in, in there arguing last time. He passed for more yards than he passed than Burrow passed for last year alone. This is where you're headed there. Burrow ramp touchdowns. Burrow ran for what 192 yards last year, right? Five touchdowns, right? 
Cousins ran for 92 yards and two touchdowns. Ron, so, Ron, let's leave it at go. this. You love Cousins. You love Cousins. Ron, I, I don't want to get into the Burrow versus Cousins debate. Debate because it's just we go in circles. You love Cousins. Well, I'm just talking about Addison. I, I, I think Addison's got a very big upside. And, I, and, the, and the whole point I'm trying to make is when you said that you didn't think Cousins could could feed them both the ball and that Addison couldn't be just as good as Higgins, I, I, I disagree it's, with I that. Agree, and I, I respect that. that. And I respect Addison that. Can be just good. And I respect that. But, Ron it, Ron, it didn't sound like you were okay with me having a perspective that Higgins will always be a little above Addison. Who cares? Like, I, I'm fine with you having the reverse. Like, I'm not going to sit here and go, you're crazy if you think Addison's going to be better than Higgins. That I think that's a crazy argument to think one way or the other can't happen. But if I'm making my prediction, Kirk Cousins is not going to make Addison what Higgins is if they're both playing and starting full seasons. That's just my perspective. It doesn't mean I'm wrong, but it certainly doesn't. I don't hate Addison. The narrative here by what you've been saying is almost as if I don't like Addison at all and he can't be a fantasy football asset. No, He's going to bust. I, I He's like number Addison. seven. He's number seven here. I know you like Addison. It just seems like you're 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 disappointed that he went to Minnesota. I am. You feel like he can reach his full potential, and I think he can. And that's great. And I that's and I like that perspective, Ron. But I I'm, and that's I, where we disagree. Perfect. And, and I'm, I'm okay. And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with that. Travis, you're live with Ron and Rockout is also on hold. Rockout, I'll get to you in one second. Yeah, I was just going to chime in on Addison, and I mean, obviously, people have their own opinion, but um, I actually think. I mean, I I don't know. Sorry, Ron, I'm not the biggest Cousins fan either. I think he's good, not great, but I think Addison maybe needed to be in a place with a with another number one. I'm not so sure he could be like a true, true alpha number one receiver. Like, I don't know. Like, what were you thinking? If he went to Baltimore instead of Zay or something like that, he'd be in a better spot? I was just curious. Uh, I'll let Ron answer this after me. I'll say that I think Addison had the potential to be the number one wide receiver in this draft class. I think Addison, he had to be in the perfect spot like the Chargers situation. And that would have been long-term because... Keenan Allen and Mike Williams aren't going anywhere right away. But I think Addison had the potential. All these four wide receivers had the potential. Let's say all of them went to bad spots, but let's say Quentin Johnson went to Baltimore. Everyone else went to a very cloudy, very messed up situation. Um, Quentin Johnson could be the number one, but like with the regret, you know, I'd be like, yeah, he's probably the best option. And that, that goes to show that maybe this class isn't as good as we've always said as the sophomore group because some of the sophomores landed in horrible spots and we still loved them and we still hoped and wished that things would turn around. Look at Olave. His situation turned around. Um, JSN feels like the most gifted route runner. Zay Flowers feels like the most gifted all-around player. Zay lands in the best location. JSN lands in a in a potentially good location, but it is very crowded with the quarterback in Geno that we're not too sure what to expect from his future. We know what he just did, and we're hopeful, and we know Pete Carroll is a mastermind. So we're, we're kind of excited about JSM, but there's some uncertainty that makes him fall, for me at least, to five. 
but he has enough upside in, in route running talent and skill and pure ability to be here instead of me even being more panicked about DK there. Geno's the quarterback. Um, Quentin Johnston's got the better long-term situation, but I'm still ranking JSN ahead of him if this is a rookie-only draft. Rookie-only meaning you know some <clears throat> dynasty appeal here. But like Charbonnet could yeah. fall. He could, he could stay there. Uh, Zay could drop below Gibbs if, let's say, Swift gets traded. JSN goes out and looks like fire, and DK struggles and gets banged up in the preseason. We all start saying, you know what? DK's not going to stay healthy and be the guy JSN climbs. Um, Jordan Addison, again, hard for me to imagine him. This is a good place for him. Like, this is high-end wide receiver three material. What we what we would expect out of Thielen if he stayed in Minnesota, what we were about to expect out of K.J. Osborne if, you know, he didn't have any competition at all. Addison's above those guys for me, but he's still, in my opinion, yeah. got a governor on him like a go kart at a go kart facility with the you know the gas pedal is right here, and they put the the gas or they put the gas pedal in the middle of that spring, and if you're smart enough, you'll put your foot on the spring and you get the go kart to go full speed. But they attach the pedal to the middle of that spring, and you can only go so fast with it. Like I don't think Addison can match or reach his full potential, which is not a horrible thing. He's still going to be a great fit for Minnesota. He's going to be great for for uh, Cousins. But I don't see how with J- Justin Jefferson there about to pull in, you know, near 2,000 yards and and probably get, you know, more touchdowns this year than ever as he improves and gets better and better. I don't see how we can get anything more than what would equate to Super high end wide receiver three numbers. Maybe he dances and flirts in the in the in the low end wide receiver two numbers, but we have a wide receiver pool that far outweighs the value of Addison in a sharing situation where JJ's yeah. in front of him. I just can't see myself ever drafting yeah. Addison to be my number two wide receiver in fantasy when he's playing no. second fiddle. No, I <clears throat> I That's agree me. with that. And I would I know every year I know each year is different, but like when you say that where these guys were drafted kind of speaks to like their limit as a, I know limit as a player, like um, Addison and flowers not getting taken until the twenties. Whereas, you know, guys like chase and even Jameson Williams, who was hurt still going in the top 10 and um, you know, the past couple of years, they'll take wide receivers in the top 10 where it wasn't even thought about taking these guys. I think it just kind of speaks to their, level of talent even you know the where they can hit Olave, Garrett Wilson all of them still went in the top 10-15 picks you know and I know there were quarterbacks in this draft more than last year and all that but but doesn't that kind of reflect on the, the talent level of wide receiver this year compared to past seasons um I don't know because you can't really say that Addison's not you know, didn't have the potential to be the best wide receiver in this class because the Vikings took him you know what I mean? So I don't. I don't know that. Don't you speaks. think someone would have? Uh, not necessarily. Someone would have jumped up. But not. Not everybody's right though. Just because GMs passed on. Um, no. I'm, yeah. You know I'm what I mean? Bad. So like, I don't know. I would. I would just say that like, in general, this draft class was thought of to be a lot lesser than the sophomore class. I think this draft, the draft value of the wide receivers, given that we didn't have one wide receiver go until the twenties, meant that the NFL teams viewed it this way too. And as I said draft capital sometimes is indicative of future value because 
if a team doesn't feel strong enough to draft JSN before 20, and that maybe Pete Carroll did, but Pete Carroll is just waiting there, licking his chops, going, I would have took him higher. Um, that's all that matters is what your team thinks of you. But in general, it makes you think they're a little more expendable. But I think anytime you go in the first round, that's good enough value to say, hey, if you get on the field and you produce, like if Zay Flowers gets out there and he was a 22 overall pick, not a 15, it doesn't matter. Like he's the number one wide receiver on right. his team. And he's so talented, he has, he has and he's only moon men we have we have on the moon men list. It's a rookie, so clearly he's. It's not like his landing spot made me like him. I love his landing spot the most out of all these guys because he could be the true number one. The question and the argument, like Ron might have, and he's free to have it. And and the argument even makes sense. You know, I don't I don't think it's a crazy stance to like if that's your opinion, but like maybe Cousins if he throws enough and Ron expects their the volume of passing to increase. Let's say. There's, there's not a crazy thought to say that a number two can outplay Lamar Jackson's number one if you don't believe in Lamar Jackson. But it all comes down to how do you view Lamar? How do you think Munkin's going to build this new offense out? Will they throw the ball a ton? Will they even get Zay Flowers out there right away? I mean, who knows? Who knows? Look at uh, how Shanahan didn't even use Danny Gray, who they drafted in round two. And you thought, okay, they're really going to use this kid. They spent high draft capital on him. Shanahan didn't have a, a, he had zero interest in using Danny Gray, which was, why did you draft him? Why did you even draft him in round, wasn't it round two? Why did you even draft him in round two if you had zero interest in playing him? So like, we don't really know how these players are going to get, you know, unleashed. What if JJ knock on wood goes out and gets hurt? Addison could go to the moon. What if DK gets hurt? JSN could go to the absolute moon and back. You know, like so many things can happen with with these values, with how the team, you know, is stacked. Quentin Johnson's looking at an injury in front of him, like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. That's why his situation is so crafty for the long term, because the odds of Keenan Allen being on the roster a year from now, he almost got cut this year. At least there are rumors of it. I doubt he's there in 2024. Yeah. So both Quentin both Johnson could be the number one wide receiver there immediately. Like in 2024, you know, if especially if Keenan Allen gets hurt this year, he might be the number one wide receiver by midseason. You know, so I'd say Zay Jones or Zay Jones, Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnson by far have the best long term potential situation, but you just never know. You never know. DK DK could get traded. You know, I doubt it. I'm just saying DK could get traded. JJ won't, but DK could get traded, but maybe Kirk, maybe what if the, I, I know we all think it's very, very unlikely and Kirk Cousins dead cap is huge, but what if, what if Kirk Cousins got traded? Uh, I don't know. And, and they brought in, and they brought in someone else that, that we liked even better. You know, like what, what if, what if Kirk Cousins signs a extension and he's there for three or four more years and then you have at least the security of knowing what you got in that offense. Then you have security. You know, that's what we always say about JJ. Are we worried about JJ versus um, versus uh, uh, Jamar Chase? Because we don't know where Kirk Cousins is going to be a year from now. But if they sign him to an extension, then you got Kirk Cousins there for three years, whatever. Now you have more security for JJ. And can you really make the argument anymore about, oh, well, JJ's got Burrow. And to Ron's point, I know Ron appreciates this point, is like they throw enough in Minnesota, they're they're potentially in a situation where 
I think even if, let's say, things go bad with the running attack and Dalvin Cook falls off, if they're behind, they're throwing a lot. So in a sense, Jamar Chase and JJ, they're kind of in, they've got pros and cons of their situations that the other doesn't have. So, you know, ultimately, ultimately, I would say the winners of this draft class, if I had to say, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. Ron, I don't care if you like Addison number one. I support it. I support that you love it. But I think the winners are Bijan. We'll find out on Charbonnet, Zay Flowers, and then probably <sighs> Kincaid. Kincaid. I mean, if I had to rank like my top two or three, though, it would be Bijan, it would be Zay Flowers, and it would be not Gibbs yet. I'm hoping that I, I change my mind, not that I'm doubting it yet, but we just need to see Swift get traded or if he's banged up and he's like out for the first six. Like, you know what I mean? Like something's going to unfold in a way that makes us go, Gibbs is the number one. Like they drafted him 12. Gibbs is the number one. That'll make me feel so in love with the Gibbs situation and landing spot because Detroit on its face is amazing. If they didn't bring Monty in, I wish they wouldn't have signed Monty. I wish they wouldn't have signed Monty because then we would have been just, you know, to the moon. It would have been like Swift wouldn't even. Do you think that, Ron, do you think they signed Monty in fear that they wouldn't land their guy? But how did you not know you were going to get Gibbs at, like, I know they didn't know they were going to get the 12 pick per se, but you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like they they were in a, when they drafted Gibbs, they were like celebrating as if they didn't think he'd be there. (laughs) Like, how do you? I don't understand why they went and got Monty if they were going to go this route. <laughs> well, I think I think with that situation, I, I, I think the the coaching staff have really been down on Swift. I mean, they even said it. We're going to give them limited time. So I think they've been planning, and I think they look at Gibbs in a Swift type of way as far as how close they are as in talent and and since. You know, Swift has been pretty much a disappointment. Um, I think Monday and Gibbs could work out. I think they could. I, I think, I don't know. Maybe they should have kept uh, Williams and not signed Monte. That might have been a better combination, but yeah. time will tell. Well, I, I'm kind of glad they didn't keep Williams because they're so committed to him on the ground, and I would just be fearful that Gibbs wouldn't get anything. But we just need to wait for a swift trade to happen. And if they send him to, like, Chicago, well, guess what? That opens up another RB for us, too. You know, like, Swift going somewhere, even though we're all kind of scared of him. Ron hated him last year. I liked him. He admittedly completely crapped the bed. And and I, I, w- I wish he had the ability to stay healthy because I think the talent is there. But maybe him going to a new environment, you know, he could burn us again. But I think he would be cheap enough. You know, even if he got traded, let's say, to Chicago, there'd still be a lot of doubters, but he'd definitely see an injection in his ADP and everything. But if he got traded to Chicago, to Cincy, um, I'm trying to think of another place, Denver, because they're waiting on Javante so they could go ahead and trade for him and then he'd get hurt by the time Javante got back. Anyway, it could work out beautifully. But, I mean... I think (sighs) in the McKinnon role... I, I think Swift would work out with Kansas City in the McKinnon role. Since McKinnon's yeah. in his thirties now, I think Swift would work out in the McKinnon role in Kansas City. Yeah, that could that could be the case. 
That could be the case. But yeah, winners for me. Winners for me. Number one winners, Bijan. I mean, he went to one of the five identified locations. Is all we asked for. That's all we wanted. Was well, we wanted we wanted all three of them to go to these locations. But to get Bijan not to find a bad environment, that was key for us. I think. So, even though he went to the number five spot on my list, they were all so very close. And you know, bottom line is, if they if they fix this quarterback situation quicker than we all are. Um, pessimistically expecting like if they draft Hennon Hooker in the second round just to safeguard Ritter then we might be looking at a similar situation like I said when Walker got drafted to the Seahawks initial reaction was okay they don't really have a quarterback but that got solved very fast and they didn't even need to make a trade Geno just played well Um, I also think Seattle would be very good to safeguard Geno by going after Levis or Hooker so Atlanta or Seattle, I really hope one or both of them get Levis and Hooker to safeguard those quarterback situations. Just because there's a lot of fantasy football assets on the line. And with Ritter and Geno, I don't think any of us are ready to bet our lives on those working out. So given how many fantasy football assets are in play, I just like a little security safety blanket, you know, backup plan is all. And if Levis is as good as some people think, he's got a cannon of an arm, well, hey, that's a pretty good situation, I think, for Levis to go into Atlanta, where he's got Kyle Pitts in London and and Bijan to, pr- to kind of protect his development. That would be a good place. If he if he's got a cannon, I want him throwing a deep ball to London. Um, and JSN, give me give me uh, Hendon Hooker there in Seattle if Geno doesn't work out because I think he fits that Geno role anyway. You know. So why not why not put the two kind of comparable, maybe slightly comparable in style players in those locations? That would be pretty good. Raiders could draft a QB, you know, absolutely. As far as these receivers, and we talk about them going, you know, and being able to be the number one receiver. I think the majority. I mean, if I'm being honest, I think they're all number two receivers. I don't think any of them are better than JJ. Chase, um, Garrett Wilson, Dotson. Um, even though Dotson didn't have a quarterback, I still think he's got more upside than than a lot of them. Um, London, Christian Watson, um, all those receivers, I covet higher, and I'll draft them higher than any of these guys drafted today. I think these guys are more like number two receivers. If I'm yeah. being honest, I mean, yeah, I mean, one or two might break out and be a number one, but. I don't think they are number one, at least as of right now. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I think that maybe one of them is better than Dotson. But Dotson could be better than all of them. I mean, I'm not not taking that away from Dotson. I'm just saying, like, but but like every other name you listed, all those moon men guys, like, give me Watson, give me London, give me me all those guys, especially Lave and Garrett Wilson. uh, But London, Watson, uh, even Pickens are all potentially... Pick, Pickens depends on what happens in the second round. The Steelers could take a Hyatt and really throw that situation I for a loop. You notice I left off Pickens because he's still got a lot to prove, and it really depends on Pickett. Yeah. And, and, and so well, I left him off because he is a number two receiver, actually. He's got to prove himself. And yeah, he does. Pickens can, can – I'm hoping that they – they, um, Go to the next level this year. I think but Zay I left him off. I didn't. I didn't say him. I think Zay Flowers can climb above 
everybody but could could climb above everybody listed but Alave, Garrett Wilson, London, Watson. Mm-hmm. Let me go to my Moon Man list. The Moon Man. So dropping loads in outer space. I think I think flowers. This guy right here, Moon Man, extraordinaire. Space monsters. He can't climb higher than Wilson, in my view. Can't climb higher than Lava, in my view. Can't. I mean, he could climb higher than Watson, but I have Watson ranked higher. Uh, in London, I don't think he can climb higher than London. These guys are bona fide top seven bound wide receivers. Zay Flowers has the potential to become the next Antonio Brown. I really do believe he's got the potential for it, but I'm I'm certainly going to be a little uh, reserved. I think that like Pickens and Flowers feel very similar right now, and I think their upsides are kind of uncapped. But we don't we don't really know where they're going to gonna fall but yeah i certainly agree like these guys alave watson uh wilson in, in london these are these are monsters these are absolute monsters in the making all year from from when you were watching the film and coming out you were debating all year with these receivers you at one point you had addison being number one and then you had flowers and then you had uh um yeah um the jigba so you were like floating between those three back and forth for for a long time, um, and yeah, I think I think Flowers has probably the most upside. Well, I mean, I'm floating back and forth in terms of like expectation with landing spot and all that. I mean, Flowers skill set wise from the beginning, that's why he's on the Moon Man but, list. But I do think landing spot. Again, what Lamar's got to prove him. Lamar's got to prove that he can get him the ball, and that's the bottom line. Lamar, I mean. If Lamar can have accuracy and get him the ball, then then Flowers is to the moon. Uh, Ethan says, not surprising. Not surprising. Ethan coming in with a neg- negative comment. I think Ethan's always got something negative to say. Remove London and Pitts running team in Atlanta. You know, uh, let's go ahead and go to the Moon Man list and remove them because Ethan said so. Here, let me hit the button. This button removes London and Pitts from the Moon Man list per Ethan. All I got to do is press it. Anyway, when you think when you think Bijan would make it better for them, yeah, like way better. I mean, he could. I think before Bijan landed in Atlanta, people were like, "It's only Ritter who's who's throwing him the football." Now everyone loves the offense, and now all of a sudden, you know, they're a run first team and they're not throwing the ball at all. Bijan's going to keep the defense a little bit honest, and and Ritter already proved London is going to pull in 13, 1,400 yards. 13 to 1,400 yards. That's the pace he was on. And, and, and Kyle Pitts didn't yep, get to play with him. So let's let's cut Kyle Pitts some slack. And, you know, what happens when Bijan's running, running over him and running, running, so they go to eight men in a box, well, that leaves open London and Pitts, and they're going to feast. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and um, I was reading a thing last year. It said uh, 50% of the passes from Mariota to Pitts were like deemed uncatchable. Yeah. They're yeah, like, I mean, that means Ritter just has to, Ritter just has to be decent. He doesn't have to be great. The fact know? that Ritter was on, he, he put London on pace for 13 to 1400 yards shows that there's potential right. ability to connect with Pitts. Pitts didn't get it to utilize any of that. People have very foggy memories. It's weird. 
they're like, uh, Pitts, did, uh, why do you like Pitts? Why do you like weird, weird questions? Like, why do you like Pitts? Uh, maybe because he was the number one tight end in the history of the NFL as a rookie. Maybe. Maybe the fact that his sophomore year, he had Marcus Mariota not throwing him the football. He didn't throw him the football. He had Marcus Mariota not throwing him the football. And then he got injured. Ritter finally comes in and starts slinging the ball around. And I'm not saying he's a magician like the gingerbread man. I'm saying that this guy, Ritter, has the potential to get the football out there. And he showed it with he showed it with London. So why why is why is Pitts not giving the benefit of the doubt from people? I don't know. All I know is I love it. All I know is I love it. Good for ADP. All right. Um, phone lines Ritter's are open. Only got to be Trent Dilfer. Just manage the game. That's all Ritter's got to do. And I think yeah, uh, I think it was I think it was Double A that came on and broke down on the phone line, broke down every single game, and um, they were all very close losses, pretty much for the Falcons. They beat the Niners. All you Niner fans out there, the Falcons beat you. The Falcons were really really close in pretty much like every other game, and so to think that they could win with Marcus Mariota, and now they get Kyle Pitts back. Now they get Bijan Robinson, arguably the best running back in the National Football League a year from today, and maybe. And, and someone asked me the other day, and it was a good question. Or the other day, the other minute, a couple minutes ago, in a DM. Sorry. Um, hey Smitty, do you still think Bijan could be the number one overall running back in fantasy football 2023 during his rookie year? Now that he's in Atlanta, and my question was, well, my top five landing spots for Bijan were here. And none of these are negative. So the answer is yes. I th- I still think he could. Do I think he maybe was a tiny bit better in Chicago? Like, do I think... Part of me thinks there's some pros and cons to Cincy. Like, they throw a ton. Mixon may not get cut. Buffalo, they, they've historically, the last handful of years, used their running backs very weirdly. And Philly, same kind of thing. they got amazing offensive line. they got a running quarterback. And they've used their running backs a little strangely. Uh, Chicago, there's still offensive line concerns. There's still a lot of reasons why you could say, actually, Atlanta could be in crafty fashion, in hindsight, the best landing spot out of all five. But bottom line, it doesn't matter. They're all my top five landing spots, and Bijan's in one of those top five landing spots. So my answer to anybody asking the question, has your mind changed at all? Do you think Bijan now doesn't become the number one overall running back in a bull prediction setting? The number one overall running back at the end of the 2023 season. And, you know, looking back, oh my God, he finishes the number one running back as a rookie. I still firmly believe that's in the cards. Totally. Totally. Um, Let's go over to Jim Jimmy 44. Why do we call you Jimmy 44, bro? Do you say, I think because you, you, you called 44 times in a row or something, right? And I finally got on. Yeah, this this guy blasted my phone line. Uh, you know, the 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 tenacity, the endurance you showed made me not block you, and here you are, Jimmy forty four. Jimmy forty four. What can we do for you're you? A, you're a busy man, Smitty. You're a monster in a good way. What can we do for you, pal? My man. Uh, I just want to chime in in the Edison. I'm look. I do think Kirk Cousins is a little bit underrated. Uh, last year, he had a little bit more yards than even Joe Burrow. Uh, I know his touchdowns weren't that much, 35 to 29. 
But the year before, he had 33 touchdowns. So I don't think anyone's saying that Burrow is or, or Kirk Cousins is anywhere near as good as Burrow. But Ron Navy saying it's comparable. I'm kind of with him in that way. That's fine. However, that's fine. Yeah. However, with the Addison thing, I'm with you, man. Whenever you have JJ in front of you, I mean, there's only so many balls that you can throw. He's going to be capped. If he went to a situation, maybe Jacksonville or just a different situation where he's clearly going to be the number one guy, he's going to be capped. It's just he has JJ in front of the elite. I know that's that's why I'm not, but I I think I still respect Addison at seven to to have the stance I have. Like a, I I respect everyone's opinion on Cousins. Me personally, I don't think Cousins is is. I think I think the the idea or vision I have for Cousins gets painted in such a bad light because I'm arguing against a top one to three four quarterback. Like some of this is a predictive game too, right? I'm not talking about just what happened to Burrow last year, where he started off like three or four games horribly, um, where Jamar Chase was out for a significant amount of time. You take JJ off of, out of the lineup. What's going to happen to Kirk Cousins? He's going to go down a ton, as any quarterback would. Josh Allen's not going to throw as much if Diggs is out of the lineup. That's just the nature of, of that thing. But predictively, Joe Burrow is going to be miles above, in my opinion, just my opinion. And as you said, me having Addison at 7, even though I feel like he's completely capped to a certain level, that's still very respectable. But my whole thing is, and what I believe Ron took is more of a negative than I was trying to imply, and maybe it was the way I said it, I don't know, is that he can't be the number one on his team. He can't be the, there's zero chance he's the number one on his team because JJ's in front of him. So how on earth can I rank him any higher than this when he can never be the number one on his team and Kirk Cousins, to me, isn't a Joe Burrow and if Higgins, and my whole point in bringing Joe Burrow up was that if Higgins can only rank so high for me, and I'm very low on Higgins, like that's the other thing that we're, we're arguing, which is crazy, is I'm very low on Higgins because Higgins is capped. He'll never be a number one on his team. And if I don't feel like my whole point, I think that got unraveled and turned this way, was that if I'm not high on Higgins and I'm so high on Burrow, how in the hell am I going to put Addison in a in a position of prominence when he can't there like you said he cannot he can only catch so many footballs and he'll be a rookie and I don't believe Kirk Cousins is on the level of Burrow and that's my opinion so I I just I I don't I can't seven is really high I'm I'm respecting Addison tremendously putting him at number seven like part of me is wondering if I have him too high hey Smitty yeah. Hey, you remember last year, right? We had Snipe City League, right? Remember I went to the championship game? Guess what? What? I had Kirk Cousins. Guess who I played against in the championship game? Joe Burrow. Guess who scored more points? Cousins. Guess who was convinced in this conversation? Not me. (laughs) But I appreciate you. No, I know, Ron, but that's that's the fact. So I just one game. You're just picking random stuff out, Ron. No, I'm not. I mean, look at Cousins. He had two out of his last three games last year for over 400 some yard games. Ron, Ron, can I good. just can I just say to even to even you're like whenever you say you don't like Cousins more than Burrow. 
But whenever we have the debate about the two, you start arguing the cousin's side, but then you say that you like Burrow more. And it's like, I, I, it's almost. I like Burrow. I do like Burrow. It's but, almost but worse think, than the Sean Watson. I don't think there's much difference between the two. Statistically, I really don't, except Burrow's younger. Then, then that's fine, but then we, we view Burrow very differently. That's it. I mean, that's fine, and that's fine. But that's, it's, there's, we're not going to get anywhere with this ever. Burrow Burrow ended up four last year, number four quarterback, and Cousins ended up number five. That's the way they ended up. In what, passing yards? Passing yards, right? No, an overall rating. (laughs) Quarterback rating. Smitty, where do you think AR is going to, AR-15 is going to go? Which round? In redraft. Uh, In redraft? Probably, I don't know. There might be some people that take him in like nine or eight, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to say. I would say, but like any higher than that, unless he has like a ball out preseason and like people are like pumped about him, he starts looking unbelievable in some way or some form. But I mean, you, you'd be kind of crazy to like take him over A-Rod and all those guys and those guys will go like six, seven. So I can't imagine in a super flex, I could see him going kind of like Trey, where last year everybody thought Trey was going to go, you know, become this top five to ten quarterback and very well could have if everything went well for him. But people took Trey in a super flex, like I want to say in like three or four, around three or four. So could, could you know, if he starts showing progress and they say he's going to be the starter, and we hear anything amazing about him. There's footage that leaks of him rolling out and throwing this like 60-yard bomb down the field. Could I see him in super flex going, I don't know, maybe third or fourth round in a super flex? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Would you would you risk it where, uh, what's your strategy Are you this year? Are you going to take a QB early or would you risk it where you're getting the skill players early and then maybe the AR-15 later on? Um, I look. One of my favorite strategies in, in a super flex, and and I'm kind of glad the draft's coming to a close because I think I can speak for a lot of us that I'm a little super flexed out. I wish we could choose to do super flex or or, or one QB and kind of rotate through them on underdog, but I'm glad, so glad for the one QB bouncing back. But if I was doing a super flex draft right now, if I could still get Not AR super flex, oh. Yeah, no, I'm bro. In a one QB, in one QB, I don't want. I'm not starting anybody but a big dog. That's just the nature of my draft style. I'm taking. And when we're talking about big dogs, we're talking about you've got Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Fields. Okay, or that's Fields. That's five. Then you're talking about um, Lamar, uh, T. Law, Herbert. You know, and and then you start getting toward the very end of the 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 eight. Uh, or the 9, 10, 11, 12 range where, like, you have Aaron Rodgers and a bunch of different quarterbacks. Like, he's at the tail end of that. And I suppose I could see myself probably if I got screwed at a quarterback back to back to back. Like, I'm getting, I'm in a snipe draft with you guys or something, and you've drafted all these quarterbacks early. Normally, it doesn't happen. Normally, I'm getting one of those guys. Burrow's falling to round four. Burrow's falling to round four. It's, in my opinion, the biggest steal in fantasy football 2023. This is a guy that belongs in round two with Hertz. He belongs in round two with Mahomes. Um, as much as I love Fields in three, Burrow and Fields deserve to be together in three. 
But Fields is taking up the space that Burrow was in, and for some reason, people can't fathom taking both of them in that space, so they bump them down. Burrow's in four. Trevor Lawrence is in, let's say, six uh, or five, six, six, seven. Just depends where you're drafting with, you know, grandmas, not grandmas, guys that wait on a QB no matter what. I love those those old school leagues that still feel that way. A lot of people will make fun of you in one of my oldest shark leagues full of really good players, but they all in unison don't draft a quarterback early. So you have to like draft against traffic and that and that's it. That like you you either you either wait for Burrow in round four or you're stupid for taking him in two or three or Mahomes in two or three or or Hertz in two or three because you know your league and none of them are taking a quarterback in round two. Barely one goes in round three. You just gotta know your league. You gotta know your league. If you don't draft to the strength of your league, what do you what do you you know what are you doing? You're ta- you're leaving so much value on the table. So to answer the question. Could I envision being in a draft with you guys where I get sniped like crazy and I don't get a value of Fields or Burrow or T-Law? I highly doubt I'd run into that situation in a normal draft. Could I see myself packaging an Aaron Rodgers and AR-15 together? Sure. And going heavy at running back, tight end, wide receiver? Yeah, I like that. That's not bad. But I'd rather Bryce Young. I'd rather Bryce Young over AR-15. I like them both, though. I think they're both fantasy football relevant. I wouldn't probably start Stroud as a rookie ever. I don't think he's going to deliver that kind of production. I think he's going to develop differently, but he'll still be a good asset for the Houston Texans rebuild situation. And maybe in one, two years, he could become something special. But do I do I anticipate starting Stroud ever? No. Do I anticipate starting Anthony Richardson in a 1QB? Probably not. Do I anticipate starting Bryce Young in a 1QB? Probably not. But the most likely, if I got screwed out of quarterback, and in Superflex, if I had to rank them, Stroud would be in the mix. In my in my sophomores and rookies best ball draft on Underdog Fantasy, promo code Smitty will be drafting um, tomorrow night on this stuff. So get ready. All right, I don't know if we'll be drafting tomorrow night. I got to figure out how how long we're going to be live on all this stuff for tomorrow. Maybe not tomorrow night, but we will be doing it this weekend. So use promo code Smitty. The link is in the description of every video. Get signed up ahead of time. But in the sophomores and rookies drafts that were on underdog, I got Stroud, AR-15, and Levis in one league. And I wish I would have had Bryce Young instead of, like, Levis or something like that. And I, I'm sure I tried to draft that. But, like, you know, there's certain scenarios where I'm actually really happy that I've got Anthony Richardson. But I don't, I don't know that I'm banking on any of those guys in a 1QB because I don't think I'll ever get to that point. Feels, feels last well, year. What's about those draft. guys is when we were drafting them, when we were drafting Stroud, Young, and Richardson, we didn't know their landing spots. So, like, you know, everybody was saying Carolina was Stroud at first. So you draft Stroud and draft the Carolina, like, receivers to go with them. And then <laughs> Young, you draft the Houston players with them. But it ended up, like, being swapped around. And then Richardson, we didn't even know what team he was going to. Yeah. Um, thanks for the super chat live 85. Be nice to Ron, but thanks for the super chat. I appreciate that. That's all right. I, I gave him F they, off back. So thanks for back. the super we'll chat, Ron. Be nice to live. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, be nice to each other. This is like a family here. And I want everyone to know this is like Ron and I arguing is like family arguing, Ron. Okay. So this is not staged. Or, it's not staged or fake. Disagree. 
Ron, Ron can butt heads with me sometimes. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate Ron. I love having Ron around. Ron, sometimes you hang up and leave, and I know that's your way of venting, but I want you to always come back. Who cares what I think? You know, so make sure you know that. Anybody in here, if I don't like what you're thinking or saying, who cares? Who cares? Like, I'm going to be wrong about a lot of things. What you're talking about might be one of them, so who cares? That was, that was that was classic tonight when you hung up on me. <laughs> well, I was tempted to was again classic. a minute ago. I'll tell you that when you start talking about cousins. What do you guys think about <laughs> Aaron Rodgers this year with all the weapons he has? Who? Who? Hall, Aaron Wilson, they're, they're, Rodgers. They're Super Bowl contenders. Aaron Rodgers, bro. To the moon. I'm with you on that for sure. They're definitely in the mix, Super Bowl wise. Hey, who's talking right now, Travis? It's Jimmy. No. Oh, hey, uh, Jimmy, hold on one second. Tra- oh no, we got another person on the phone here that I don't think I. Good God, Rock, Rock Out's been there for a while. Rock Out. Why don't you say anything? Uh, uh, George from the Bay, uh, area code eight one six. Let's start with uh, Rock Out. Rock, Rock Out. Are you asleep? You there? Yeah, I'm there. Okay. I'm well, what, can I, what can I do for you? Uh, what do you think about Miller from uh, TCU? Could he be a good sleeper, depending on what spot he goes to? Yeah, I think my natural answer to every one of these questions, and I I hate to co- have a cop out answer, is like draft capital. It's, like even for someone like my tank. Tank uh, Dell. I, I love Nathaniel Dell, a.k.a. Tank Dell. But, like, if he doesn't go somewhere solid, it doesn't matter how much I like him. So, like, I can only give right. an answer so much to something that, you know, is totally situation dependent because all these players are going so late they could get cut. They could get drafted and cut like some of these guys. So, I, or not drafted at all, picked up and then cut again. You know, like, you know, so... I feel like uh, it's hard for me to really say, you know, of, of those deep, deep wide receiver guys, as an example, I love Tank Dell. Um, as a deep running back, I love Deuce Vaughn. As a deep quarterback, I guess Stenson Bennett, um, you know, but more so Hennon Hooker, who was very, very deep um, because of the torn ACL. Now he's climbed into what we thought would be a first round pick and then he fell. Um, Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, uh, Darnell Washington is like the fourth ranked fourth ranked tight end. Um, Laporta, we've talked about a lot on the show. Those are some tight ends. So those are like my deeper, deeper guys that could become super relevant, but they're all going to have later draft value. So they're kind of risky, you know, except for, um, Hennon Hooker, he'll go like in the second round. So he won't have risky value, but those other guys like Darnell Washington probably won't have risky value, but where does he go? So what's his draft capital going to be? How much? interest is the team going to have in putting him out on the field right away or could he sit all year uh tank dell could he get drafted at all i don't know um yeah deuce vaughn could he get drafted at all i don't know like those are very late guys and those guys i like the most of those late guys but they could be nothing burgers bro musgrave's nice he could probably go he'll probably go pretty high though peanut i don't think he'll be in jeopardy laporta could go high i know ron likes him Musgrave, I kind of like, yeah, but is Dar- yeah, Darnell Washington's probably my favorite of the later tight ends or the the guys outside the top yeah, two. Six seven monster. Mus- Musgrave's interesting. Yeah, he's good. He's good. A lot of good. What's lo- your dream destination for Charbonnet? Get the back. Dream destination for Charbonnet. Unfortunately, it's going to take a lot for him to fall to those territories. So there's going to have to be a trade up. 
Um, because I don't know that Charbonnet can fall far enough to get to the dream spots, but like the Cardinals at 34, the third pick in the second round, that's probably the safe. That's kind of like that Atlanta Falcon question I had. If I said I could put them on the Atlanta Falcons 100% guaranteed if I hit this gavel on my, on my table right now. So do you take that or do you want to roll the dice that he goes to a little bit better spot than Atlanta? You pro- most people would have said, hit the gavel now on Atlanta. Because I at least know what that is. <laughs> and boom, you would have had him. Same thing with the Cardinals. If you said Charbonnet could fall into this very dangerous territory from like 34, the Cardinals at 34, into, look at all these spots. The Colts at 35. You don't want them there. The Rams, the Seahawks, the Raiders, yep. the Panthers, the Saints, the Tennessee Titans. I hate that spot for them. Uh, Green Bay Packers, no way. Jets, no way. Falcons, no way. Green Bay Packers, no way. Patriots, no thank you. Lions, no. Steelers, no. Tampa Bay, we don't really want that either. Yeah, Miami. So that was where I was getting to. The most ideal dream landing spot probably is Miami, which comes with some complications given that they have a somewhat of a rotating mentality. And at 51 overall ADP or, or draft value, draft capital, that puts them in a little bit of that dangerous territory where maybe they don't view him as a starter. So do you want him in, in an Arizona at 34 where your force, the pressure is really high to not give up on him, to inject him into the lineup quickly? Or at 51, it's a little more like you're kind of testing it out. It's in a little experiment. You know, and unfortunately, when I was younger in, in this game, I used to ignore that. I used to say, no, no, no. If they're good, they're good. Talent rise to the top. But unfortunately, these coaches very, very much are pressured by draft capital. It's unfortunately a big part of it. You know, third, like, like the third round, that's that's crazy. The third round is crazy. Once you get into the third yeah. round, you know, so like de- definitely important to get into the second round here. Philly, like Philly at 62. Can you imagine if Charbonnet fell to 60, the Bengals? Chicago 61, Philly 62. My only hope, bro, is that one of these teams trades up and grabs Charbonnet. And if they do, we will commend them till the end of time. What, Ron? I like the Cardinals. Chargers would be awesome. If if Charbonnet goes to one of these locations right here, if Charbonnet goes to one of these locations right here, I will chug... I will chug three glasses of water back to back on the live stream, uh, like in one one gulps, a waterboard, you know. <laughs> go, 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 water. <laughs> yeah, or I could I think do. You should do the old uh, Joe do, Green. Uh, have a coke and a smile. Uh, I could challenge. do primes. Drink, I could do prime. I could do primes. I could try and chug three primes in a row. Is that is that good? Uh, do the cinnamon challenge. No, you don't want me to. Those, that that can. I'm too old for that. I don't want to risk my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> that cinnamon challenge. I, you'd laugh, but there's people that die from that. I haven't heard anybody. Chug three friends in a row. You might as well do the uh, 24 hour show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Charbonnet goes to one of these locations. I'll, I'll chug three primes or three waters. I'll let the chat decide. Or what else could I do? You'll be out till the next morning if the front. Um, I could eat a spoonful of mayonnaise, a heaping spoonful of mayonnaise, 
and then chug. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll eat a heaping spoonful of mayonnaise and chug a prime. In one, in like in uh, one without without butter and mayonnaise sandwich. A heaping spoonful of mayonnaise and chug a prime. If we get one of these landing spots right here for Charbonnet tomorrow, which is going to require a trade. But man, there's a lot of trades. All right. Um, anything else, you guys? Let's go to eight one eight one six caller. Who are you? You're live. What's up, Smitty? Can you hear me? Yeah. Who's this? This is Wayne. Wayne, what's up, Wayne? What's up, man? Been a long, uh, been a big fan. Followed you for I think over seven, eight months now. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. I wanted to talk to you about uh, Najee Harris, man. I love what Pittsburgh did tonight. Uh, I know uh, Ron's a good, you know, I know Ron's a big Pittsburgh fan. Uh, they needed an offensive line. You agree? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. I mean, that's you know, that's that's a good move. That's that's definitely what you want. You want the Pittsburgh Steelers trying to protect the assets they have there. If you believe in Pickett, some people don't. Some people do. Then, if you believe in Pickett and the, and the Steelers do, then you just got to support him. You got to do what you can to support him to to make him as successful as possible. Um, I mean, Jones was a great pick. I think Ron was Ron was very excited when that pick happened, so he was excited. We had another caller who was on that Knuckles. I think Knuckles was on the phone too. He was pumped up. Frankie, yeah, Frankie. yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a great pick. I mean, would you have rather had a couple other players? I I think Ron would say yes because I think he was it, Jones wasn't his first selection, but he's he's a great offensive lineman. Great. great well, it sounds pick. like sounds like Porter's going to fall to him here first pick tomorrow. Yeah. So. Which is also one of the guys that I, you know, they probably had on their radar. I just, I mean, with Najee Harris, man, he's been under four yards of carry two years in a row. Was never mm-hmm. under five and a half at Alabama when he had an offensive line. Uh, I know they went out and got somebody free agency. I- I'm excited for Najee this year, honestly. And I, I was screaming from the hills, you know, for them to go get an offensive lineman during the offseason. Yeah, and you know, I-, I was very, I was very hard on I'll let Ron speak to this right after. I was very hard on Najee last offseason. I was very high on him walking to the early, like, early offseason. And then once we found out that he had the Liz Frank injury, it was a, it was a massive panic. You know, it was, it was panic Peter. Really. Yeah. We were panic Peters everywhere. And I think for good reason. <laughs> and it ended up being that he had a real rough year at the beginning. And then once he f- it felt like he got a little healthier, he quietly, like Aaron Jones, finished very strongly. And I think we were also bent out of shape of, out of his start and his slow start. And he really became un, unusable for a, a string of games. And then when he creeped back oh, into 100%. yeah, when he creeped back into relevancy, he was kind of just like scoring touchdowns and being almost like efficient, but in like still a worrisome way. You know, like Dalvin Cook would rip off a 50-yard touchdown or a 50-yard run at the end of a game, but he had a real inefficient game up to that point. Like, it felt like Najee still didn't shake free of that. Okay, he skated by this game. And I think that's why at the end of the year, I didn't feel like he had a great year. When I looked at it, it was like he had a better year than I expected because he felt like every time he did something good, he was skating by. So I think to give him some offensive line help that will help Pickett stretch the field, also help block for Najee, also help just in general, the offense is on the field longer, the defense is healthier, that defense will be healthier, and it's all going to give back and be completely uh, 
like um, this, this, you know, this circular motion of giving back to each other, reciprocation, offense, defense, defense, offense. And so the Steelers are very underrated in that regard that I think that there's going to be improvement across the board. Pickens will be, I think, really, really good. I'm hoping Pickett is, a, I'm hoping Pickett's a lot better than what we're going to get out of Ritter. And if we've got pretty low expectations on Ritter, but are still excited about Pitts and London, I mean, and Bijan now. <laughs> Bijan. Bijan now. Yeah. Uh, if you look at it, Pickett was kind of the same as Najee. Najee scored uh, seven touchdowns from week 13 to the end of the season, and he was jumping over people. Pickett was struggling there. Remember, he had the, he threw like four four touchdowns to eight interceptions, but at the end of the year, when they closed it out, he only threw one interception to, to eight touchdowns. Ron, Ron, so, Ron, take take over. I gotta go to the bath. I gotta go to the bathroom. Take over. Okay. So his his uh, progression was was really good at the end of the year, coming into this year, and the fact that the Steelers went out and and got Philadelphia's starting guard. They signed him, and they got another guard from uh, um, I think where was that from the Jets or was from one of the teams. Um, so they approved the guys. So the pick tonight made perfect sense. They got themselves an offensive tackle um, to solidify that. That and, and, and Jones is a big guy. And he's oh, he's huge. He's very athletic. Um, so Just piggybacking off of that, Ron. I, I know. I know this sounds kind of crazy, but I mean, I, I really think they go Porter. But what if they went like Taurus? What if they went Osiris Taurus tomorrow? I mean, are you jumping all over Najee and Fantasy this year? They could take, they could take um, uh, what's his name, uh, Hatch, or I forget his, what the name is. There's another CB that they could take there, but I have a feeling, you know, the Steelers like taking, uh, like, you know, they, they like taking brothers, they like taking the sons and stuff like that. So Yeah, the bloodline. But, um, yeah, I, I see. I just see. You know, I just wanted to talk about Najee because I think I just I see him as a as a dark horse this year. Really, I know a lot of people are talking about Bijan, JT, you know, McCaffrey, obviously, but I think I think Najee throws his, his name into the conversation as far as top six, top seven running backs this year. You know, after that down year, I mean, they're using this guy two seventy five, three hundred carries. Yeah, his value where you can get him in round four. In, in the one quarterback league, especially best ball league, his his value is in round four. And, and and last year when we were drafting him, we were drafting him in the first and second round. So his value is unquestionable this year. So yeah, the value for Najee, you can't. I, I mean, yeah, pick him up because you're getting great value for him, and I think he's going to have a great year um, this year. And I think. Um, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. I think Pierce for Houston's going to have a, a good year. I think he kind of hit a rookie um, wall like some of these rookies do last year. But I think Pierce for, for uh, Houston's going to have a lot better year. And now that um, the Colts got Jay, um, Richardson, um, I think JT's going to have a, a comeback here this year. So I think JT... Um, did, you can get at a probably a decent value. Did this um, turn into a Steelers show while I was gone, Ron? 
Yeah, well, clean I did, but I'm talking about other players too. So I was just talking about JT coming, you know, Richardson with the Colts. And, and Steve Smith Jr. did a little thing. He likes that Richardson went to the Colts, but he said that they need to, to draft a burner receiver because uh, Pittman and, and, and Pierce aren't those type of running, uh, receivers that can take the top off. So he said they need to, um, for Richardson, they need to get a burner receiver that can take the top off the defense, hey, which makes a lot of sense. John says, I'm drafting Najee in the first run. John, don't do that, John. This, like, look, there's... You get him in the fourth. You get him in the fourth round, John. <laughs> well, I think it depends on what league you're in, but... Oh, uh, the third round. Okay, in the third round. Yeah, I'd say third round. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Redraft. Right, let's, uh, let's go. I'm in so, the auction league, so... I, I, I do auction fantasy, so it's a little different, but... Hey, so Ty, Ty Lee's in here. Ty Lee, welcome back, pal. We haven't seen you in a while. He says, man, Gibbs to Lions is insane. He's Moon Man for show. Well, we've got him on the Moon Man list, Ty Lee. The Moon but... Man dropping loads in outer space. Uh-oh, you might not have wanted to call him that. Now he's going to have an he's opposite opinion. Tomorrow. <laughs> hey, I, I, do have, I do have maybe a change, though, guys. Loads dropping and Uh-oh. spinning aimlessly in space. I don't know that we can keep... I think we can't keep Gibbs on the Mars men list because there could be a potential slow moving situation. Doesn't mean he's coming off the the moon men, the Mars men list. The Mars men list is the elite of the elite of the elite. So I have a change tomorrow in the making where maybe Gibbs or Charbonnet, depending on the landing spot, I could have a swap out where this moon men shuttle gets a little bit jostled around. I can tell you with certainty that Brees Hall is not leaving. Jamar Chase isn't leaving. Uh, Joe Burrow's not leaving. Bijan's not leaving. Alave's not leaving. Garrett Wilson's not leaving. But these two men at the the, the back end of this shuttle getting kind of uh, dangerously put toward that flame. They may be, one may be, both may be, neither may be on the move. So we have to keep uh, an eye out for a Mars men update uh, tomorrow. After. You know what, Schmitty, what do you think about Damian Pierce this year? With CJ Stroud, and, and real quickly, that is not a knock on Gibbs. People just need to understand that the Mar, like he's staying on the Moon Men. That the, it, it's just that there's maybe one or two other guys. I feel because of the potential issues that are present, doesn't mean that I don't love Gibbs. I love Gibbs, but the potential roadblocks are a little bit more. Like it was already close for me anyway to throw Gibbs on the Mars man. So I'm throwing one other, maybe two players on the Marsman list, just so the Marsman list has more home run potential. It's not a knock on Gibbs in in a sense that it's a, a, a value at some other place in the draft that I love. So hang tight on it. It's not a negative. I'm sorry. What was your question? I said, what what do you think about Damian Pierce this year now that they have CJ Stroud? Um, look, we haven't talked about these two things yet. Rashad White escaped the NFL draft so far. Um, Damian Pierce escaped the NFL draft so far. Both of which are already in steel territory. Steel territory. No one's expectation level has to be absolutely insane to own draft or believe in these guys. The question will be, will their values climb because of this? Maybe. So we'll have to play it, play it by ear, but 
certainly love Pierce's ADP walking into the draft. And it just matters how much he climbs based on this fact that everybody now has in front of them, which is no player was drafted to replace him yet. And so absolutely love him. Like if those are your running back threes, that's great. You know, if they climb into running back two territory, which Pierce could, maybe White could, then we'll have to reassess it. But right now, three, four, like your flex, your sneaky good flex, Pierce is amazing. Um, Rashad White, your sneaky good flex, amazing. Love him. Mm. You like Rashad White more than Pierce? Probably not. I think I like White. Probably, more, probably. I think I like White more. Probably not because I don't trust Baker. And as much as we love Rashad White, as much as we hear that they want him to be the guy, that offense probably won't move the football down the field like we want. Um, mm-hmm. Godwin and Mike Evans are very injury prone. Evans is another year older while there's upside there for, let's say they brought in a new quarterback. Let's say Hennon Hooker goes to Tampa Bay and unseats Baker. There's a lot of opportunity there. And I think I could, I could really get behind that entire team a little differently. But I, I think that in general to assume that Rashad White is almost set up for failure is a better approach than to assume he's just ready to explode and get all buy buy in. Like buy him as a, a guy that's got upside but you're worried about it. Pierce, I think Pierce walks into this situation if he's the lone starter and he could be a top twelve running back. You know, that's that's something that, I mean we, we felt that way last year and he did it, you know. So P- Pierce has a little more more value. But I, I like Rashad White yeah, a lot. He's just, I hate the situation. Last year was what I was saying. Yeah. Who did? Pierce? Yeah. Pierce, I think he hit a rookie. Because remember, he was doing really good. And mm-hmm. I think he slammed into that rookie wall that a lot of these guys go through. But I think this year he's going to be a lot better. Say a prayer for Algier, everybody. No, not for Algier. Yeah. No, 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 I'm just saying a moment of silence for Algier. He had a... Oh. He had a in yeah. a nice little rain, a little quietness for that a moment of silence. Can we get like two two seconds a moment of silence, please? Algier, we'll miss you, Algier. You are one of the better backups in the National Football League. One of those win a league handcuffs. Oh, it's sad to say that he is a win a league handcuff. Go get Algier and tie him straight to your Bijan Robinson. Yeah. Jeez. You know what's funny is when when Bijan was drafted. Because I'm in, you know, I got a couple of uh, of the dynasty, right? Mm-hmm. And as soon as Bijan was drafted, Algier went on the trade block. <laughs> oh man, I'm always li- and then, uh, and, oh, go ahead. And, and then when uh, uh, Gibbs was drafted, Swift went on the trade block. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how people people do it as if they don't. Uh, Sir Lance says, "What's your thoughts on Michael Wilson?" Oh, I already answered that one. Appreciate. Yeah. Terry, appreciate your super chat. Always learning on the show. Appreciate you, Terry. Terry dropping a wad on screen. Um, thank you, Rock Out, for the kind words. Thanks again, Young. Um, okay, let's go. Hey. Yeah. Hey, d- uh, doubling back to like Rashad White. I mean, I, you know, I could totally see, uh, you know, Rashad White being a little lower, but you got to think Evans. Godwin, you know, some of these guys maybe get hurt. You got to think Rashad White's got that receiving ability, though. So then I would then I would say that uh, you know the Texans running back, you know, doesn't really have. Yeah, I, I uh, well, so, I, I think Pierce is underrated wide receiver, but I hear you. 
And and but they don't use them like I that, mean, though. You know. Remember what I said though before. You you know you asked me about both of them, and I I said love them. Why flex? You know, amazing flex options for both of them. So I'm not. You're just if I'm forced to pick. You know what I mean? It's like don't hear yeah, yeah. What, what I'm saying shouldn't be. You know, looked at like, oh, he doesn't like Rashad White. I'm just saying you ask me that question. My answer is Pierce. I felt like Pierce was a top 10 running back in the making last year, and he was at a certain point, and then he fell off a little bit. Um, I love both of them. Rashad White, I like a little bit more, but I just don't like his situation. Even though it seems like on the surface it should be better, Baker's not a guy I'm banking on. I'm hopeful, but I don't know. I feel like Houston's better set up than, than the Bucks, which is weird to say, but I don't know. Well, we'll have to I mean, see. I kind of see Rashad White as I, I see Rashad White as maybe back when Eckler was that you know using that form or fashion before they had Herbert. You know, Eckler wasn't really on a good Charger team at the time, but they threw the ball to him a lot, mm-hmm. and he, he was a fantasy monster. You know, so maybe that ends up happening. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I mean, I'm again. I like I like Rashad. I like him. I've always liked him. He's a he's a really good player. He went to ASU. I'm you know I went to ASU. A lot of a lot of <laughs> a lot of bias involved there. So I, I like him. I just you know I I want him to escape the NFL draft. I want Pierce to escape the NFL draft. And this would be a good like debate to have a video. You know, this guy versus this guy for face off. Could I see myself changing tunes like once the draft's over and I hear Baker's doing good. Certainly, you know they're that, they're close, bro. They're very close. I, I, Rashad White is a really, really good player that we didn't feel that the Bucks. We didn't really know what the Bucks felt about him until recently when they said they want him to be an every down back. But you know, we also hear things like that about other players. You know, I'm sure Algier. There's something out there where they've the Falcons said we love Algier. He's the number one running back for it. Like there's something out there. And then they drop E. John, you know. So like we just never know. Uh, Madison, that'll be interesting. Matto says Algiers in Madison. What? Do you think uh, Levis at thirty eight goes to the Raiders? Levis at thirty eight goes to yeah. I mean, that certainly should, it should happen. It should happen. We have the whole. What are the Raiders doing, by the way, Smitty? Um, just spending as much money as they can while building a team that cannot win a championship. That's what they're doing. Do you think that, uh, you know, I, w- I was I was thinking about this, especially if they don't get Levis here in the second round. Do you see, like, Devontae Adams maybe wanting out of there, say, halfway through the season? Yeah, but what's he going to do? How's he going to get that? Complain? Like, I mean, maybe. I mean, typical if, wide if, receiver if, stuff, right? If, if they're doing horribly, maybe they want to get rid of him, potentially. Like, it's mutual. But, I, you know, he's he's going to be pissed off. But if they take Levis or Hennon Hooker, at least there's an opportunity for it to get better, maybe. If they don't take Hooker or Levis, this is going to be a horrible year for Devontae Adams compared to, compared to what the expectation level is, in my opinion. I, I, could, I could be wrong, but I just don't see how Jimmy G is going to get him the football the way he gets the football. You know, this is not Debo Samuel. You know, uh, Jimmy no, G didn't make receivers. Yeah, Jimmy G didn't make either Kel, uh, Kittle or Ayuka a fantastic option. It was all Debo because Debo did all the work. 
Like, it's amazing that people like to tie anything to Jimmy G. Everything Debo did was yak yards. Like, Jimmy G would give him the ball and he'd literally take it all the way. It's, it's like being on a... It's like in, in, in when you were in, you were in high school and you were in a group and you did no work and they carried you. You let the, you, you let the one person in the group do all the work and you just sat there on the corner <laughs> during science lab and you didn't do a single thing. They carried you. Jimmy G got completely carried. Just completely carried. And I and there's no way for Adams to do that unless they're going to deploy a wideback situation because he can't throw... He throws hospital balls down the field. He doesn't throw... Well, they don't got CMC either, so... Yeah. Um. So, Ron, to answer your question, What's 38 going? would be perfect for the Raiders to draft Hooker or Levis. Seattle grabbing either one as a safety blanket. I love that. The Cardinals could draft one, but... I doubt they want to piss Kyler off, and that's a high, still a high pick. But they need a backup. But um, yeah, so it, it's like it, it really is the Seattle Seahawks at thirty-seven, the Raiders at thirty-eight, the Tennessee Titans at forty-one. Those are the quarterback draft slots. If one of them falls past those guys, Atlanta better pounce on forty at forty-four taking. Hendon Hooker, that would be so amazing. I'd be, I would be so, I would sleep like a baby that night. I would sleep like a baby that night because even if it was Levis or Hooker, either one, to know that Ritter wasn't the end all be all. If something happened disastrous with Ritter, and he, you know, he wasn't who we thought he was, which is not a high expectation, then we at least got someone else. Where does Mayor go? What? What's wrong with Sean Tucker? I, 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 if you reported on it, I missed it. No, we don't. There's not a lot of going on, on on Sean Tucker. There's supposedly some sort of medical thing that he was going to be cleared up and he was going to be able to to do his you know his workout. And then everyone's like, okay, he's back. It must not be a big deal. Uh, let me let me try and report or find what the details are. Uh, yeah, I, you mentioned it about if Sean Tucker's okay and I, I missed it because I didn't know anything was wrong with him. No, no one knows, bro. No one knows. His medical concern continues. You look at it, clean bill of health on April 17, 2023. Then, you know, there's all kinds of things. I think it, I, I thought it was supposed to get cleared up. Maybe it actually did and there's just no clarity on it. But as of right now, it's like we're, we're left kind of in limbo. But we don't really know. He declined to be interviewed through the uh, a spokesman following uh, the conclusion of the event, leaving the facility. Tucker posted up on his Twitter. I wasn't able to participate in the NFL Combine because of a medical exclusion, something I expect to have cleared shortly. I hope this video shows my hard work and dedication. So the fact that he's doing his workout and still trying to clear the medical concern, part of me wonders if that's some sort of like, Total guesswork on my part, but like a heart murmur or a heart situation or, um, oh, you know, God. some ir- irregularity thing like that. That because it doesn't, it's not a, it's not like a an injury like a an ACL or some kind of like thing that doesn't allow him. To, it's something that that's relating to maybe you know what it could be. It, it, just total guess on my part. But you guys remember Lee Suggs? Yeah. With Baltimore. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Browns, too. Br- Brown, Browns running back. Lee Suggs. Yeah. 
was a very, very, very good running back prospect. And he had the narrowing narrowing of the spine. This is total I no no insight on this at all, but I remember that forced him to retire. Like immediately. Oh. And I don't really know of any other thing that comes to mind that allows you to go do your workout in private with all this equipment. You're not you're not held back at all. It's either like some kind of heart related issue, if I had to guess, or some kind of spinal thing or neck thing that would, if he got hit, would cause a problem, but doesn't impact him working out, lifting weights, running a forty, catching footballs, jumping as high as he can. Like that sounds spine or heart. Or like some organ related heart sounds more likely you know like yeah. and it's not getting cleared for it means that it's not something small but it was small enough in his mind that he would get it cleared but maybe he didn't or i don't know we'll have to kind of wait and see it's a good question I but hope sh- it's none of that. It, maybe it's nothing maybe it's something small we have no clue i'm totally guessing i'm just yeah. saying like it is weird it's weird mystery and yeah, yeah. I, let okay. me see if i can find anything it's, it's, else on it yeah, because I was wondering when oh, you I was gonna... it, I'm like, Sean, what's wrong with Sean Tucker? Yeah, and it's another reason why he's... I drafted him in best ball. Let me see if I can find anything on Sean Tucker. Um, let's go around the room. I, oh, I think well, I'm going to wrap... looking for that. I think I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, eight, 816, caller, hang tight real quick. Let's go to Travis. Travis, final 10 seconds. Um... Yeah, I was just wondering. I think I saw something. Maybe you mentioned it. Did uh, did you see anything about with Levis that said something about I, at least one team shot away from him because of his toe injury or foot injury or something like that? I saw a lot of stuff. I'm not sure what to make of it. There's a lot of smoke going around. Um, yeah, yeah. He, and then they were, I'm 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 in Massachusetts, so they were talking about if if he falls to 46, that the Patriots might actually take him to that, which. What, do you, what would you think of that? Would you, you think they'd be good to do that? Or? I think it would be smart for a lot of teams, a lot of teams to just grab Levis or, or Hennon Hooker if they fall to this like crazy territory, you know, where there's a lot of potential, um, you know, upside with very little risk. So, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd rather them just keep building the team up and, whether it's Mac Jones or Zappy, just give them weapons at this point. But that's For sure, bro. For sure, my man. All, All right, right. Thanks, Vinny. Appreciate you. You're going to be live for the draft tomorrow or just the regular e- Yeah, probably will be. Yeah, yeah, probably will be. All right. Um, All I'll, right, I'll, I'll, I'll you keep later. you posted. All right, later, pal. Uh, Jimmy, final thoughts, bro. Bye. Jimbo. Hello? You're on mute, Jimbo. All right, Jimbo. I'm going to I'm gonna hang up on you. Appreciate you, pal. George from the Bay, have you even talked? I have not. Oh, God. I'll give you more than 30 seconds. Go, bro. What do you got? Um, Poor guy. I think just from a fantasy perspective, I'm really disappointed in the draft this year for the rookies. Uh, don't really see any spot that I love other than BJ or Bijan. Um, I don't know the, the the rookies last year seemed like they fell in a better spot, like Drake London. You know, those were like for sure number one wide receivers. Yeah. I'm just not feeling it this year. I understand your feeling, and you know, I'm looking at the board right now. Everybody else is looking at the board, and it's like, okay, uh, 
Bryce Young. I could I could see somebody saying I'd rather him be in Houston because that's a little bit better landing spot. I could, AR-15, that's a pretty good spot. That's a pretty good spot. Bijan, Atlanta, great spot. Detroit, Gibbs, I understand the concern. We're hoping that the concern becomes irrelevant, much like Walker landing in Seattle. All those concerns became very quickly irrelevant. It was Penny, not a big deal. We all kind of knew that was the case, but a lot of people saw Penny and they're like, this is a threat. Um, this offense has no quarterback. It became a great landing spot, and Walker is now on the borderline top three overall running back, even though his value is crazy, crazily in the second round. It's cra- crazy fashion in the second round. Um, JSN, you got you got to you got to think positively to love his landing spot. Let's be completely honest with ourselves. You have to literally look for the silver lining, and it might still be true. The silver lining could be warranted to find it, you know, and, and look at it from that that angle. But you have to look for it. There's it's definitely not the best. It's not what you wanted. It's not what you you would have drawn up. Uh, Johnston, that's pretty good. He had a good landing spot. But it's a landing spot we wanted for Zay. It's a landing spot we wanted for Addison. It's a landing spot we wanted for JSN. So Johnston being there is in some way a little disappointing. Uh, Zay Flowers, rather I'm in a Chargers uniform, but that's a really good spot. Addison, I've already said my piece on that. I mean, it's not what you would have drafted up. Uh, Kincaid, very good in Buffalo. So I, I hear what you're saying. There's a couple good good landing spots, but uh, there is a lot of concern. Charbonnet not going around one kind of made us all angry, but maybe it makes him a kingmaker tomorrow. You know, the second round is a kingmaker sometimes, bro. It turns a fifth or sixth ranked rookie into the number two overall rookie in the snap of a finger. It happens every year. So hopefully Charbonnet gets Charbonnet, and we all get Charbonnet, uh, you know, tomorrow. Get Charbonnet. Pop open a nice bottle <laughs> yeah. of Charbonnet. All right, Smitty. All right, bro. Appreciate you. Uh, let's go yep. on over to, um, oh, uh, looks like Wayne. I think Wayne, somebody, the, 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 what was it? The 816 caller. I was going to save his name in the phone. That's why I left him for last. Because when I have too many, oh, Ron, Ron, dial in again. I accidentally hit the wrong button. Dial in again, Ron. I want you to say your piece. Uh, you're live on the phone. Who's this? This is Wayne. Wayne, okay. Wayne, I need to put you in the system here. Wayne. Yeah, sorry. I, I hung up on accident. Yeah, and I, actually, I just hung up on Ron trying to click on your name. So, I, Ron, call back. R- Wayne is in the in the system here. Wayne, there you go. Wayne, I appreciate you. Uh, final thoughts, Wayne? Uh, yeah, just uh, I think it's a little little worrisome, you know, for Swift owners. Um, he's probably pretty much done there. Uh, he's on his final year of his rookie contract. They're not going to re-sign him, in my opinion. Uh, Bijan, obviously, to the moon. And uh, I would just say uh, for those out there who are contemplating who they're going to get as far as value, look out for, for Najee. I mean, Najee is going to have tremendous value this year, in my opinion. I mean, if he stays so. a fourth-rounder, I, I kind of feel like he'll climb naturally. Cause, I, I think mean, third is fine. Yeah, third will still be good. I mean, that's still good. I mean, you're talking about a guy that we once thought was a top five, six running back. So to get him in round three, I feel like that very, very baked in value. But if you climb... I think then bolstering the offensive line. And, I mean, they're running this guy into the ground, Smitty. He's only got two, three years maybe, you know. I mean, this guy's getting 275, 
three hundred carries a, a season. It, it, you know, it's like a Zeke situation back when Zeke was with the Cowboys in his early days. So, hop on him now, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you got you gotta yeah. uh, probably look at the situation and say to yourself, like, um, you know, say to yourself, like, Najee as a second rounder has a lot of risk. But he's still got enough upside that you could argue it. So Najee being a third rounder, a whole lot less risk and a whole lot more upside. Najee in the fourth round is like ridiculous um, ratio. Of, oh, absolutely. Of, so it's like the more he climbs, the less you know upside, the more risk. But that that scale doesn't really level back out till round two. So round three is still good. Yeah, third. Yeah, yeah. Third round would be ideal. Fourth round, you're you're committing robbery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rockout wants to know how long he's been a YouTube member. I'll try and look that up right now, Rockout. Rockout's got all these like uh, I want to I want to nickname Rockout like the what is what is Rockout? Rockout's like a uh, he sends me on a lot of like he, he's like the Easter Bunny. He sends me on a lot of like Easter egg hunts. <laughs> go on over to Instagram. I've got. Can you go search up my hold on rock out? You deserve it though. You deserve if anybody if I'm gonna do it for anybody, it's rock out. So hold on, let me go look. Rock out member. I, I, it's gonna be hard to find, but I think I can do it. Hold on, rock out. Let me search filter rock out. Uh Rock out. You know who one of my longest members? So first of all, uh, Jose Alex Alex Cruz. Oh no, Jose Pena is now my longest YouTube exclusive member for thirty four months straight. Uh, JP at thirty three. JP doesn't come around anymore. I even reach out to JP a lot and say, JP, we need you back, and he he always responds. He's a real nice guy. He's like, I've been busy, man. Alex Cruz, thirty months. Uh, scissors. You guys know who Scissors is? Phase Scissors. He's one of the one of the bigger uh, gaming YouTube YouTubers out there, he's he's um he's uh, number one, two, three, four, fourth overall. Um, Scissors has been here from the beginning. He's got millions of followers on on YouTube. Uh, let's see here, Vampy's up there in the top ten. Axe is up there. Ozzy, um, Russell Vamp, Vamp um, Terry Roberts is in the top ten. Jordan Roberts. Are you guys brothers? Avatar. Rockout, you're like, I would say Rockout, you're like maybe tied for, you know, 20th or something with 10 months. And you may have re-upped. It may have lapsed and you re-upped, so that happens. But anyways, thank you, Rockout. The Easter Bunny. My man. Does Walker become a Mars man now? Hang tight, Travis. Hang tight, Travis. The Mars Man update is coming tomorrow. Appreciate you. Uh, Wayne, anything else, Wayne? That's it, man. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. All right, see you tomorrow. We'll have a lot of content tomorrow, okay? For sure, for sure. Have a good one. Later. Ron, final thoughts. <clears throat> yeah, Luniverse 44 said Draft Sharks report that uh, Tucker has a heart issue that isn't going anywhere. That's what he said in the chat earlier. Yeah, I knew, I knew it had to be in a harder spine. There's only, there's only things you can think of that, that actually don't hamper your ability to go do a workout. 
but you're, you're not getting someone to sign off. Like you'll go do the workout. You're willing to do the risk. You're not held back by a, an injury that is like a hamstring or a, but you're unable to get signed off to go do what you are saying. I'm okay to do or concussions, heart concussion, spine or neck, neck spine. So it makes sense that it would be heart, probably some sort of, you know, heart defect that, that, over time, a player gets hit, their heart stops. You know, maybe it's similar to the Hamlin thing they're worried about. But that's bad because, you know what? He's going to tank. He's going to absolutely tank. And and he's going to have to climb his way into a good situation, unfortunately. But hopefully he does. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, and Luniverse said he went to Syracuse himself and he was hoping to draft him. So, he's an alumni, so... But he, he also said, uh, Sports Illustrated said he was medically cleared, which is why he did his pro day. So it's conflicting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, Ron. It was a long night. Yeah. Definitely, definitely a long night. a lot of ha- <laughs> You what? But I caused a lot of havoc. A lot of people were upset with me, but that's okay. Ron, there's a couple. There was definitely a handful of people that. that I, will def- always, I will always, I will always speak my mind, and I will always defend my positions, and that's just me. So we know that. We know but that. But I we, love everybody in the chat. And I love the debate. We expect it. We expect nothing less from you, and you don't have to apologize for it. Doesn't mean I'm not going to go off a handle too on it, but that's why the show is here. That's why some people. I, lo- you know, I do you feel like your I, position. I, I do feel like, though, and maybe I do this for you, too, because I repeat myself, but granted, that's, you know, the nature of the content creating, too. I'm trying to beat a dead horse on a topic I feel like I need to beat a dead horse on, but I feel like sometimes you're shocked every time I say something negative about Cousins, though. Every time. If I say, yeah, Cousins, to me, he's not a top five guy. He'll never be a top five. Ron, here comes Ron. I've got to push back on the Cousins thing as if we've never had the debate before, and I'm like, Ron... No, it was different for me because you, we added a new player into the mix, and and that's why. I mean, you know, um, you know, Cousins back when he was, uh, he had like over 140 some digs and then feeling over 100 some passes. I know, passes, Ron. So Ron we, that's well, how I felt about that. Situation. I got gotcha. you, but I ain't gonna rehash it. <laughs> yeah, please don't. All right, Ron. Uh, <laughs> final prediction for tomorrow. Porter, Porter goes. You, you lost viewership because of me tonight. I think that's right. Porter to the Porter to the Steelers. Give me one more prediction. Um, well, I already said Levis to to the Raiders. So, all right. Uh, I'm gonna say. I think I, I'd love to see Charbonnet go to the Chargers. I I I, I hope the Chargers. Yeah, Charbonnet to the. Again, hopefully he goes to one of these landing spots here because I will eat a spoonful of mayonnaise and I will chug a, a prime right after I I'll take the spoonful, chug the prime, and and do it live. Hopefully, if, if, if Charbonnet lands in one of these spots. I do think he'll probably go to the... He could go to the Cardinals. We'll have to see. Me wearing a Cardinal Charbonnet jersey would be interesting spin spin on things. I didn't really project him to go to the Cardinals, but we'll see. All right, Ron, appreciate you. Yep, great show, Smitty. All right, Loved later. It. Charbonnet is the sixth running back draft, it says Copwatch. 
I don't know if that. I mean, bro, if that happens, then the Bills, the Bengals, those teams, the Chicago Bears are going to have a shot at him. It'll be very interesting to see where he falls. I think he'll be, he'll be, he'll go really soon. Yeah, uh, Charbonnet to Houston. Then we'd have that conversation that we were talking about. Like, okay, Pierce needs to exit the NFL draft before we can really buy into him. Tampa Bay, uh, they were very tied to Bijan. Similar, similar conversation earlier. Hey, Smitty, do you love? Do you love? Char- uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, do you love Rashad White? Why don't you love Rashad White? Well, because Bijan met with Tampa Bay and he met with the the Bears. Those are the only two teams he met with. He went to Atlanta, but Atlanta took him before the Bears could take him. You know. So, am I excited about Rashad White? Yeah, but we don't know what they're going to do. They could take, you know, they could take an RB. So, all right, guys, I'll see you all later. Appreciate you joining me for that. I don't know how many hours. It was five hours and 15 minutes, five hours and 30 minutes, and then we took a little pause, and now we've done a two-hour reaction show. So, we've literally literally been live for almost, um, I would say, like seven and a half to eight hours. So, Good job, everybody. I'll see you all later. Appreciate you. Peace out. Saber swinging Skywalker. Reese Hall is eight foot tall. He will always answer the mother freaking call. Don't let him fall. In the third, don't stall. Just give Batman the freaking football. He's brief. He's brief. He does a hole of a job. A hole of a job. A hole of a job. Reese Hall, please report to the moon. He does a jale Don't forget um if it's not tomorrow night depending on the draft uh the next night we will be live um you know doing some some best ball drafts some mock drafts make sure you're signed up using pro- promo code smitty at underdog fantasy I'm going to drop that link in the live chat right now underdog fantasy promo code smitty here's the link boom let me pin that link for you and leave that for a split second. That is what you're going to want to click that link. It's in the description of every video. The promo code is Smitty. The link and the promo code Smitty do the same thing, but just click the link and it'll enter it for you. But we need to do a bunch of best ball drafts. We need to do a bunch of mock drafts as soon as uh, the second round's over, really, or the third round. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into it, um, but it'll absolutely be a blast. Okay, so make sure you're ready to go. Minimum deposits, only $10. Underdog will match up to $100 in your first deposit. So get signed up and get ready.
Yeah, thanks to all my mods today. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Travis. Um, thank you all to any, any other mod that I have. You guys did a great job moderating as usual. I don't think my mod's enough. I'm sorry about that. Travis, thank you. Travis, you're the man. Terry, you're the man. I don't know what other mods I have in the room right now. Um, if you guys could thank the mods every once in a while for the hard work they do. They do put in a lot of time trying to keep the, the chat, you know. Um, Travis, hang tight on this Marsman thing. Tomorrow, baby. Tomorrow. Tomorrow we update the Mars man list. People are getting burrowed left and right and people are going to remember it. 